Hello, I am Daniel Bloodworth. We are Easy Allies, and this is the Easy Allies podcast. This week, I am joined by Mitch Saltzman. What's up? From IGN. Playing some games we want to talk about this week. Yeah. Excited. <laughs> Tekken. Sick. Also joined uh, by uh, Michael Huber, face of the eternal traffic. Yeah. <laughs> when the vice president comes to town, they shut that, that road down. Stops. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, so you'll see some like weird ins and outs as we're dealing with everybody's schedules today. It's, it's going to be a little like jumpy around with the podcast. Uh, also joined uh, by Michael Damiani. How's it going? And in the control room, making it all happen, Isla Hink. Hi. Don Casanova running around somewhere. He's over there. By the pizza box. Oh, there you go. There he is. With the Little Caesars pizza. Nice. Pizza, yeah. pizza. Oh, Damian stays with us too back here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy's back there too, if you can, if you can see her. Uh, friends, we are here to talk about what's new, what's news, and what we've been playing. Um, but first. What's up? Corrections. Mitch is here to chat with us about (laughs) Tekken 8 and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, among other things. Pal World is out. It is huge. There's lots of craziness going on with it. Uh, So we'll try to unpack all of that. Uh, Plus, Suicide Squad has revealed uh, the start of its post-launch content. And the the Joker is back, I guess. Uh, But before we get started, we must answer the wrong question. Okay. Now that the multiverse has allowed Rocksteady to bring the Joker back as a playable character in Suicide Squad, which not-quite-Pokemon should join in future seasons? Which not-quite-Pokemon? In Suicide Squad? In Suicide Squad. (laughs) Iron Man. As a playable character. Iron Man. He's not a Pokemon. Yeah, wrong not, answer. Iron Man. Marvel. Not, Marvel's not coming. the wrong answer. It's the wrong question. He Marvel's doesn't understand coming. the premise of this bit. Not quite Iron Man. Okay. Uh, the Sujimon in uh, <laughs> Infinite Wealth. Nice. That's like in a. It's all. He's all oiled up, and he goes like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I think they should chuck Garboder in there. Hell just, yeah. Just Garboder. Not quite Garboder. Okay. No, just actual Garboder. Not quite Garboder. They get the they get the rights from Nintendo <laughs> for Garboder. Love Garboder. <laughs> Damiani? I, I mean, can we just put not quite Mr. Mime in there? Just yes. get, let Perfect. the insanity loose. That is like I, I would just love to see Mr. not quite sorry, not quite Mr. Mime. Encountering yeah. some of those Suicide Squad members, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah, um, I've thought not quite coughing because uh, it already floats inexplicably, like most mm. of the Suicide Squad characters. Great, yeah. great. <laughs> uh, it's got that poison gas. Always love a good poison gas. Yes, and that's you know that you know you've got all those like little traits and stuff in those characters. Totally. Um, and then uh, could also. Um, the gas could act as cover too for like another player, maybe oh, like smoke create screen. like a smoke screen of some yeah. kind. Uh, plus, it's purple. Got lots of purple in that suicide. So, so purple the go. game, yeah. for sure. Purple the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Saints Row was purple. Yeah. The game. St- 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 <laughs> suicide Saints Row. Coming for it. Oh yeah, they shut that whole place down. So. Every time Judgment Day comes out, I think of Saints Row. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the Judgment Day music. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Mitch, uh, you were here last time. was like last April. Yeah. It's so, been, a, been a hot minute. Yeah. want to catch up a bit with uh, what's been going on. How's your year starting out with all this craziness? 
Oh my god, it's probably the most busy January I've ever had. Uh, so I'm I'm doing uh, Dragon's Dogma IGN first. Been Woo! doing yeah. yeah. Woo! Let's hear it for Dragon's Dogma. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, I've been doing like all kinds of coverage for that, uh, editing videos, transcribe or like getting transcribed interviews onto like the site, and you know having to like put. Em- embeds in in between every two paragraphs. Right, it's, lot, it's surprisingly a lot of work. Um, oh and, yeah, transcribing interviews is a ton of work. Yeah. yeah, and then on top of that, like you know, I've been moved to the guides team at IGN, so I've been doing guides for Dondoko Island in Infinite Wealth, which is just ridiculous. I put yeah, like fifteen hours same. into just that thing alone. Um, and so yeah, it, then you know, raising a a one year old baby, it's it's hey, been congrats. it's been a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very rewarding, and I'm very happy to be in the position position that I'm in. Yeah, how many of those things do you do for something like like Dragon's Dogma? Because I've seen like a bunch of different tweets and stuff about it. Like, how it's much have like, you done so far? It's like eight different pieces of content. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm a, so jealous. Like for any <laughs> game, that's a lot of content to yeah. get out there, especially pre-release. How can yeah. we get a deal where we get like Easy Allies second? <laughs> you know? like, second. We don't need it as early. But I want to play Dragon's Dogma, dude. <laughs> you did get to play some a little bit. I, that's true. I played like two hours of it. I'm sure Mitch has played more than that. I've played ten. You what? bastard. <laughs> what that's, is that's what is five times out? more than what I did, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is one of the things that stood out? Like, like, like you kind of feel like like one of the biggest like revelations or whatever. Um, I think it, it's it's probably the the immersion of exploration and like how natural exploration feels in that game because there's no there's no quest boards there's no like mm. exclam- exclamation points above people's heads it's yeah. all kind of you know oh it's almost God. like yakuza you you run into an area people will come to you and you don't have to like seek things out um which this is music to my freaking ears man. yeah I, i'm oh. i'm a big fan of i have my preview going up uh tomorrow so uh ch- take a look at it yeah. check a look Check yeah. a look. Check and a look. I know that fast travel quote was going all oh, around. Oh yeah, that I was do. Spreading. When I when I got that quote back, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe he just said that." <laughs> he he is such a delightful human being. He's just very earnest, very passionate, and uh, yeah, I love I love Hideaki Itsumo. Hell yeah. So I add, I had follow up questions about that. Do, does that mean that fast travel works kind of the same way it did in one? Do you have like a finite? I don't know how much we're allowed to say. Uh, I'll say, <laughs> stay tuned for my preview Watch tomorrow. Watch the preview tomorrow. Okay, gotcha, <laughs> nice. gotcha, gotcha. I don't yeah, want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about some games. Yeah. Tekken 8. Yes. Tekken 8. It is out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, you've been so you playing it. Jacket. Yeah, I brought the jacket. Oh, the it looks event. so good. Fun. <laughs> and the little statue they, they had there, too. Show it off. Look nice. at that wing. Wow. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this has been uh, really great. I, I am a complete newcomer, really. Before the preview event, I, like, I played through the Tekken 7 story mode, and like we've had some things here in the office, some competitions and stuff, but really, like I've never like dug into Tekken before, and so it's 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 fun. But even there, like I see the like leap from the story mode in 7 to the story mode in 8, uh, I've played through this whole story mode. I've started Arcade Quest. I've done some practice and stuff. And, like, yeah. And then just, like, seeing the reception around, like, it is really, really doing well. Nine from IGN. Yeah. <laughs> wow, very nice. Um, but, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Tekken has kind of been around forever. And everyone who's kind of, like, 
you know, within my age has just had had Tekken always around them. Like, you know, you go to an arcade, it's it's there, you put in a quarter, you smash the buttons, you have a good time. And that was kind of what Tekken was for me for a long time. Like, it, this is not a fighting game that I consider myself particularly great at, mm-hmm. but it's still a fighting game that I enjoy playing. And so Tekken 8 was kind of like the, it's the, the game where I'm like, okay, this time, Right. I'm going to try to get good at Tekken because <laughs> I've tried it before and I usually bounce out of it. Um, because Tekken, like, I think the thing that's so amazing about Tekken as a series is that it works on all the different levels. Like, as a beginner, as a, at a beginning level, it's fun because you can just get in there. There's like hundreds of moves. It's fun to find out, find you know what the moves are that work, and just you know spam buttons, and you can have a good time just doing that. And intermediate level, like the combos themselves are not that hard. You can like you know do pretty well just learning one combo and you know taking that online. And then at an expert level, it's just a completely different story. There's just so so much tech to this game. Just movement itself is a skill that you have to learn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like all that has always been really, really appealing t- uh, to me. And then having this story mode is kind of, I think, the the thing that I needed to really like get myself invested in in Tekken lore because I think it's it's really a fantastic story mode, on par with uh, what NetherRealm has been doing over the years. Um, I think this is kind of like the first time that a Japanese developer has really nailed that style of of story mode. Street Fighter tried it with five, didn't really, didn't really work. But I think what makes Tekken 8 story mode so unique is that they don't just try to do what NetherRealm has been doing. They they put their own spin on it. This is the NetherRealm story mode. If you made it just anime, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> like yeah, we, we're not getting into any of the spoiler parts, so don't worry about that. But the uh, it, it goes. Full on hard anime. By the time you get to the end of this, it is just wild. Yeah. Um, And and one of the things I really appreciate about that is that it manifests within the actual combat. It's not just limited to cutscenes. You go into a fight, and you know you'll you'll do some damage, and then mid fight there will be a transformation of the other of the other enemy, and now you're fighting a completely different kind of battle. And there's, like, mid-match cutscenes where if you land a certain move, like, the camera will shift and you'll hear, like, a, a unique piece of dialogue. Yeah. It's just really, really smart, forward-thinking stuff for, like, you know, moving story modes and fighting games forward. Yeah, and, and to that effect, like, yeah, the like the kind of thing of, like, you know, it's like, oh, you're beaten, but you're not beaten. And so, like, yeah. there's, like, a lot of, like, playing around with, like, life bars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, yeah, and Don, like, you've been, you played through the story mode to some extent, too, right? Yeah, the whole thing... No, not the entire thing. Okay. uh, I'm loving it very much. I'm very close. Uh, The thing I love about the story mode is not just like you said, Mitch, the production values is like right up there with NetherRealm. You could even argue in some aspects it's exceeding it, I think, with like the current MK1 if you put them toe-to-toe. The story mode in this is so good, not just because of the production values, but this actually – tech in like – began in the 90s when the genre of just like martial arts movies and as as an actual genre was still really big, obviously, I think, and stuff. And so it's just so fun to have this, to me, feels like a movie from that time almost, but like triple A budget, like Mm -hmm. tentpole. Like I would love to see this adapted as like a big screen picture because it's like entertaining in that way, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And uh, so I've been loving it. And and one other thing I want to touch on is that you know, Mortal Kombat does the thing where it, it bounces around different characters in different chapters, and it, that's that's great in that 
on from a gameplay standpoint, you know, you're getting to try out a whole bunch of different characters. Yeah. Um, Tekken Eight kind of focuses focuses you in on Jin yeah. for like a majority of the game. Yeah, I, I, I was just think, thinking that because like I, I do a- appreciate that there are times where you sample other characters and you trade off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish they had like let us capture Chapter Five because I understand like beyond that like there's all kinds of crazy spoilers. Yeah. But like Chapter Five in particular is like you have that tournament in the arena and it's like. You know, and you kind of go through a bunch of different characters, and like you get to pick like which side you're yeah. going to play while you go through that. Um, and uh, it's so funny to see these characters from around the world. The one thing, that, one of the things that gets me though, Mitch, is they have this like weird dynamic where some of the characters just speak Japanese, <laughs> but some oh, of the characters like speak their own language. I love this. You like this? I love it too. You, you, got it's very guy speaking Italian. you get a French guy speaking French, but then like, but they, they all just they understand, all understand like they have a babble fish. It yeah. is hilarious because... And they never explain, like, there's no like in, in-game explanation of like, oh, they all have like a thing in their ear that just automatically translates. Right. Yeah. When you so, describe it, though, it sounds like it would not be smooth, but don't you think it actually plays out really smoothly, though? Consider, I mean, like, I when mean, it's it, first happening, it you almost don't know. bizarrely smooth. That's the problem, Don. It's like, I think there's a point where, like, Azusena or somebody is, like, asking Leon... Or Leo, where he's from, and like he he speaks German, like he's yes. probably from Germany. Like you're to, you're talk, you're talking in Spanish, he's talking in German. It's funny though because it caught me off guard a little bit at first, but then just before the podcast, actually, I was watching some scenes, and Isla was over, and she's like, "Why is that guy suddenly talking German?" And then I said, "I was like already totally tuned out to it. Like it didn't take right. long at all for me to just get used to it." First, I was like, "Oh wait, what are they doing?" Then I was like, "Oh, this is neat." Well, <laughs> I mean, my favorite thing is that people understand King, who is a oh. Mexican luchador, who but doesn't, he just, he doesn't just speak Spanish. Just he Jaguar, speaks Jaguar growls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet everyone understands what he's saying. <laughs> it's funny too, a lot of like Paul just in particular speaking English, but like the way he like pronounces and mispronounces a lot yeah. of stuff. Oh, it's yeah. like funny, you know. Yeah, like it's, Leroy's voice is great too. Yeah. So they do a lot of good things. And all the voice acting's like really great. It's, you know, like the accents are great. And it's it's so. funny because I don't think Paul's voice is that great, but it fits with <laughs> the context of yeah, the story yeah, yeah. because he is kind of, you know, portrayed as like this, you know, silly American. Yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, wouldn't, why would he pronounce Kazuya correctly? Right, so right, he's right. always like, Kazuya. Kazuya, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, there is one part, uh, and I won't get into the story side of it, but just mechanically, they do this crazy thing where there's like this big, intense, like, group battle mm-hmm. where you're like, f- oh, yeah. Fighting like a room full of people, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that is like the one part where it got like a little weird, a little rough. For me, like trying to figure out like who you're targeting at any particular time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have some characters in there like like get frozen up in like T poses. Yeah. Uh, as well. W- what I will say about that is that like I appreciate the ways in which Tekken 8 story mode experiments with like kind of different ways because you know it gets a little even the the Nether fighting games. Yeah. They get a little formulaic with how they introduce battles. Like it's. You know, oh, let's let's spar, or oh, you insulted me. Now we will fight, or you know, they're, they're, they it feels like they exhausted all the ways to get two people to fight mm. a one-on-one battle, and so I appreciate the way Tekken kind of subverts that by experimenting a little bit with the formula. Yeah, I don't think the the section you're you're talking about is one of the stronger parts of it, but I still appreciate its inclusion because it, it is it is kind of like that break 
in the monotony of just, you know, one-on-one fights after one-on-one fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's a neat idea. It's just the execution is a little rough. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's a, that's a little funny uh, with the story mode is that the, like, the big bombastic cutscenes are running at, like, 30, mm-hmm. and the gameplay is at 60. And so there will be times when, like, you know a fight is coming just because the frame rate gets better. <laughs> it's like, oh. Get pick up the controller. Get ready. Yeah, <laughs> but also like even though they're in, you know it's in thirty, like when it switches to cutscene mode, yeah, like, it looks phenomenal. That's so yeah. good. It looks yes. really really incredible. Um, one other thing I want to touch about uh, touch upon is uh, you know there's the special style in this game. Yeah, and I think more so than that being a really great addition to like the actual combat outside of story mode, it's really really good for story mode where you're you're going into different characters that you probably haven't played yet and you get to you know play a match and still use cool stuff you're not just you know fumbling around looking at your move list you know trying to figure out how to do like a basic combo if you don't want to do that you have the option of just turning special style on mashing a button and still have a good time yeah uh Um, and and to explain that we talked about this in the preview too but to explain how special style works is uh the uh, L1 uh, on the PlayStation controller switches you into special style. So normally, your face buttons are your punches and kicks, uh, but when you switch to special style, the square button is now special moves, and it's almost like Smash Brothers, where it's like mm-hmm. you square neutral is one move, square forward is another move, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then triangle will start an air, air combo. combo. So like yeah. whatever that move, it might be a completely different input with a different character, mm-hmm. but whatever move is gonna launch somebody in the air, you'll do that with triangle. Um, and then X is the power, power smash, crush, yeah. and then so the circle uh, is throw probably right. I circle, circle can throw or low yeah, attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But what's nice is that you can toggle between them back and forth really quickly. So it's like if you're comfortable enough with like a lot of basic stuff with the regular controls, but then like you haven't memorized all of your special moves, you can kind of play with that back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other thing, uh, where, yeah, we're, we're showing some of the practice mode here, too. I was fumbling around with this uh, with uh, both uh, Raven and Victor. Uh, and I really like all the stuff they do here. Like, you can see, like, your full command list on there, how, what you're actually doing. Uh, you can pin uh, something up to the top there. You can see all the stats. Uh, but the pin, like, really helps. And not only that, but you can have them do a demo. Mm-hmm. So you can see what does this move look like if you do it correctly. And then kind of compare and it's like and then because that's, that's the thing I was like struggling with is figuring out the timing with like a lot of like yeah. press. Some of the timing is like so quick; it's like almost like a, a roll between two buttons. Yeah. Some of it's so quick, and then it's funny how some of it you really need to like oh, wait, wait, wait as you're going through the combo. You know, there's like it varies, which is interesting because like something like Mortal Kombat is usually like a very steady pace from yeah. like all the combos. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, you pretty much just enter the whole combo just string without worrying yes. about timing, and yeah. then it just happens. This you definitely have to you know wait for the right moment to hit mm. the button and if you miss time that button press then you know you drop the combo yeah um have you gotten to check out the the replay stuff at all or do you know about the replay i stuff? know about the replay stuff i haven't really checked it out but it sounds cool so all the stuff that you've mentioned about the the training mode i i think is is pretty standard among like you know top level triple a fighting games the replay stuff though is where it gets insane because you're able to Let's say you know I have a you and me uh, have an online match. I can then go back into that match, and at a, at any point where you do a move that is unsafe, 
it will tell me what the optimal what an optimal punish is for that move. Mm. It'll like pause it, a combo will pop up, and then I'll be uh, and then I'll be able to go into an actual training mode and practice that combo on a dummy. So awesome. It is unbelievable. I think like that is genre defining stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and this uh, looks on the screen here too. It's kind of cool too because like they have these challenges for each character mm-hmm. to like learn a bunch of different combos. And like and some of them are tough. Some of them like I don't know if I would like retain this information. <laughs> but it is cool to have sort of like that thing of like okay, let me do these challenges and see if I can can pull them off and they give you rewards and stuff for, for yeah. that too. There's some trophies and some banner things and all of that. Yeah. Uh, Tekken Tekken is a very hard game to get into at like a, you know, a, it, higher than an intermediate level. Um, but I think Tekken 8 does, you know, about as good of a job as I can ever imagine, imagine it being done of making that barrier of entry, you know, much more manageable. Yeah. Um, and they and, talk about that in the arcade quest too. It's like yeah. w- like one of the plot points is like, hey, we just want to have fun. And this other guy is like, competition is the only way. And he's like the bad guy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can we talk about arcade yes, quest? Because please, it's such, please, it's such please. a delight. I love yeah. it. Um I, I said I was on kind of funny talking about uh this game, and you know, most fighting games struggle to have a good story mode. Tekken has three good story modes. Yes. It's and that's kind of crazy. Um so Arcade Quest, basically, uh, the way I describe it is it is the plot of Pokemon if you were to apply that to fighting games. Right. You, like, everyone in this world is obsessed with Tekken. (laughs) Uh, You go to different arcades across this little area, fight, you know, the gym leader. Uh, You know, you experience a little mini arc within that little arcade, and then you move on to the next one. And what's also really, really cool about it is that they also use it as a way to teach you how to play Tekken. Every yeah. every arcade has kind of a different lesson that they really drill into you. And it's not it's not an overwhelming ramp up. Like they they do a really good job of of introducing really basic stuff at the beginning. And by the time you're at the end, you're learning how to do like air combos, you're learning how to do an air combo into a tornado, into in, into like a you know a catch and then you're you're able to do like actual real cool Tekken combos in a way that's very easily taught and very easily understood. Um, and it's just such, such a good mode. I love this mode so much. <laughs> and the way also, I think just like, yeah, the charmingness of the design of the arcades mm-hmm. and that you get not only all these challengers within each arcade that you can like fight against to, to raise your skills, but there's also just a bunch of like NBCs in the arcades that are just part of the story world there. Yeah. They're just mm-hmm. bitten off. They'll just have one or two lines each, but it's just like really clever stuff for not just like, arcade like you know uh, history kind of historical stuff or like cultural kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. that did exist but also just in this world of arcades that they create like mitch said where it's like arcades are just part of like every facet of society kind of deal there's like Uh, a lot of respect for that you know it's just a part of culture you know so but you also get all these references to what like classic 90s you know and early 2000s arcade well and what's great is like you can even see on the screens like little quick screenshots of like Old like Xevious and Dragon Spirit and some oh, of the old yes. are in there as yeah. well. And they've, they've got, got a, a bunch, bunch of posters and figurines and there. Little concession stands within the arcades. The arcade design gets like really over the top too. It gets like, you know, fantastical as well as you go as you continue to progress yeah. in and, a and, really enjoyable way. And there's really cool like progression to it too, because there's there yeah. are people you can fight that 
you know, will give you customization op- options for your for your avatar. And you know, the 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 customization is not super deep, but it's still very cool to you know be able to to win a new hat or whatever, and you know be able to say, oh, you know what, actually, let me throw that on. If if only because it proved that I won this fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the arcade mode just works really good at keeping interested, especially for like if you, this for the single player experience. I think too, in keeping your interest there a little bit. And uh, as opposed, you know, to not be able to jump around like you're not in the mood for story mode, it's actually a lot more entertaining than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. and I think especially like if you start story and you feel like you're kind of struggling to get through some fights, like I, I would recommend going to Arcade Quest. Hundred percent. Because like Mitch is saying, like it really like goes through all the basics, teaches you all the systems. You can skip some of those tutorials; they give you an option for that too. Mm-hmm. But if you want to like get your you know, like lay the groundwork for how this game works. Like Arcade Quest is kind of the way to go. Yeah, I think it's also a really good way to learn a character because you know yeah. you, you you're not this in this mode you're not you know required to choose Jin all the time. Like you can you can pick whoever you want. Um, the the lessons are kind of built around who your character is. Um, so yeah, it's it's and they, there's really individual good. matches in there, and there's trainings, but there's mm-hmm. also tournaments. So yeah. there's like a nice variety of sort of activities you're participating in too. So it's not that it didn't get old at all. Yeah, I was there, surprised how long it sustained my interest. There's like an arcade that's all focused on people who treat Tekken as like a cosmetic thing. Yes. So oh they, yeah. They're all about you know making the re- like really cool high, high, oh, high yeah. style. Yeah, and we have showing a clip off. for, for yeah. the customization too. If you want to throw that on, there are so many weird. It's that girl right there. Crazy She's like really into stuff. it. Yeah. There's some yeah. like sketch underground arcades too that yeah. are like you know super intimidating. <laughs> like the, you know talking about like only certain people could play on the machines and all this stuff. It's like really funny. Just yeah. a lot of humor in it. So many different options and outfits and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, and that's the other thing in the arcade. Yeah, you just come across like insane. Variety. You get a good glance at what there is because there is a lot of customization for the for the characters themselves, not the avatars, yeah. but for the actual uh, fighters in this game. It's quite impressive. Um. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to some mechanics. Uh, what do you think about the the heat system? This is new. You yeah. have a blue bar under your health, uh-huh. um, and then at any point during the fight, you can activate it either with a button that's like dedicated to activating heat, or with certain moves will uh-huh. will initiate heat. And then once it it burns out, then like you don't have it until the next round. Yeah, yeah. It's it's once it's one per round. Uh, I'm always a big fan of mechanics that force you to make interesting decisions in fighting games and this is definitely one of them you know it's it's a it's a gamble to to use your heat too early because then you're you're left without without it for the rest of the match but also like you want to make sure that you're using it every round because if you miss your opportunity to use it you know you threw away your opportunity to maybe mount a comeback if you're you know getting your butt kicked um you know, I'm not, as I said before, like, I'm not a legacy Tekken player. Um, I, pl- I dabbled in Tekken 7, uh, smash buttons on every, pretty much every yep. Tekken before that. Um, so this is, like, the first time I'm really, really, like, trying to learn the mechanics and, and all, all that stuff. And, you know, the idea of the rage system is to... Uh, heat system or rage? Cause sorry, heat, yeah. heat system. Uh, the idea of the heat system is to encourage aggression. Yeah. Um, so it's meant to like get you in there. You can activate it, and you can use like a, a dash. And while you're in that dash stance, you are at frame advantage, which which basically means it's your turn. If they try to press a button, you will pr- practically always beat them. Um, so it's it's a really good mechanic at like making sure you're 
getting in there and getting in someone's face and making it hard for them to get away from you. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it's a really cool mechanic. I think uh, you know we'll obviously see how how pros make use of it. Yeah, uh, that will be the big test. But as someone who's you know just trying to learn the ropes, um, I've been enjoying it a lot. And also, I, I really like that every character uses it differently. Um, yeah. it, like for Kazuya, it allows you to do. There's a move called uh, Electric Wind God Fist, and to do that normally you would have to have like a just frame input. So you'd have to hit, you know, the the input uh, command and you'd have to hit two buttons at the exact same time. And it's a very technical move. But if you have rate, if you have a uh, heat mode activated, you'll get the, the electric, ver- electric version of it every single time. Got it. So it, it makes that character a lot stronger for, you know, a, a lower level player. Yeah, yeah, and you, you do chip damage when people are blocking. Um, there are moves that you can only do during heat, um, and then yeah, if you like, then if you hit that R one again, like you basically like can like burn all of your heat with like one like essentially finisher, um, which is kind of similar to activating the rage art, but the rage is a little different because with rage it's like based on how much health you have left. So like yeah. the lower your health, the harder your rage is going to hit. Yeah, and also like you only get the access to to your rage art when you have like I think. 20 maybe like 15 percent yeah yeah um but that's that's your your hail mary card like that's yeah, yeah. It, if if they block your rage art you're dead uh if they you know if they block your um your heat special move then it's fine like you're you're probably still still even at advantage right so that that's kind of like the difference between those those two moves rage arts also deal a massive amounts of massive amount of damage uh is there some trick to these things that like they want you to push like four face buttons at the same time? Have you figured that <laughs> get out? Get a stick. You there's, probably get a a stick. Mac- there's probably a macro that you can press. You like, get, yeah. this, get a stick. You get a That's what I was stick. wondering. Because like, wait, because <laughs> I just like my hand, my hand just can't do that. I don't know what they're. Yeah. What the I mean, there's there's definitely like the trigger buttons have some sort of combination of buttons attached to them, and if you press those buttons down at the same time, mm-hmm. um, that's how you can do it. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I would say just. Get a stick, scrub. Chat <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a few questions. Yeah. Um, two, basically. Like, how are the mind games in this? And uh, how's the net code? Do we know either of those things yet? I mean, mind games is typical Tekken. The the, the thing about the, um, the heat system is that, like I said before, when you block a, a heat engager, uh, you are at disadvantage, a frame disadvantage. So you basically have to guess what is coming next. It could be a throw, it could be a low, it could be a mid, and that, you know, puts you at a real bad spot because, uh, you know, if you guess wrong, then you're going to take a lot of damage. If you guess right, then it's a good chance to, like, turn the tables because usually, you know, if someone overcommits, then you can punish them for a lot of damage. So there's there's always going to be that mind game element to it. As far as the netcode, um, from what I'm hearing online right now it's struggling a bit um yeah launch day was did you get to be in the early session at all yes and okay. it was fine it was fine for me i played a couple of people. it was interesting because with the at the live event they made 
a real clear thing of like that they're using rollback netcode and it was a big deal and everything, but then it seemed to not be going so well. Well, I mean, the thing about rollback netcode is that rollback netcode by itself does not mean that it's good netcode. Yeah. There are good implementations of rollback netcode. There are bad implementations of rollback netcode. Street Fighter Five had rollback netcode and is considered to have like one of the worst <laughs> online, you know, environments of fighting games. Um, Street Fighter Six, on the other hand, you know, some of the best. Like I've, I've very rarely had a laggy match of Street Fighter Six. You know, netcode is is really a, a matter of how well you handle the bad connections and you know whether you can take a bad connection and make it feel like it's still a playable match. Um, so yeah, I, I I I think it's too early to say for me. Um, how the netcode is of Tekken 8. I also didn't review this, by the way. I, I, uh, Ronnie did our review at IGN. Um, he's better than me at Tekken, I'll admit it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I've, I've still been playing it a whole bunch and uh, having a really good time with it. Yeah. Um, who are you Who are you gravitating to? And then with something like this, because like, you're kind of similar to me, we're like, not like a big Tekken player in the past. Yeah. Like, how do you f- sort of figure out, like, who you want to gravitate to and invest in, you know? For me, it, it, it it's a combination of, like, how the character looks, like, the vibe the character gives off, and also, like, does it mesh with my style of play? Um, and right now, I'm really enjoying Azucena, the, mm-hmm. the new coffee girl. Yes. <laughs> I just think she's, uh, she's real fun. Um, she is fun fast. She's got... She's what? Super fast. Yeah, she's super fast. She's got, like, some cool stance uh, things that she can do. Um, yeah, that's something I've been learning with Victor. Is like, okay, you like go into like yeah, that stances, back stance and then pull out the, the sword. Yeah, as you say, it's so fun, too. right? Because she's MMA, so she has yeah. a lot of cool little like stand up, but she also has a whole bunch of rad grappling kind of mm-hmm. you know ground techniques. So yeah, she's, she's got fun. like takedowns. She's got arm bars. One she's of the got, new characters. Yeah. Uh, she's got like a, a flying uh, leg lock, which I really enjoy. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying her. I haven't really explored the roster all that much. Um, I'm always going to be a big King fan just because I love pro wrestling. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So those are the two that I'm going with right now, but I definitely want to explore the roster a little bit more. Don, did you have any? It's funny because I was immediately attracted out of the new characters to Azusena, so that's who I got into at first. I was playing her quite a bit. But then after that, because I, you know, I actually jumped on the story. Uh, I was like way more interested in arcade mode, so I've been playing most of that. But um because it forces you to play as Jin for the most part in the story, I actually got quite a bit into Jin. So right now I have been playing, and in the past I was never really into Jin. For my tech and history, I was like really into the early ones, but I fell off after tag or whatever, and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. casually played, you know, yeah. five, six, seven. And so it feels good to be jumping back on here. But uh, Jin was like never a character in the past that I really was attracted to. So it's funny because this is the most I've played him out of any of them, but I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, like right now, so far, like in the practice mode, I've like messed around the most with like Raven and, and Victor. Oh, yeah, you were yeah. getting good with Raven, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah Raven's Ninjas. got all the crazy Naruto <laughs> Shadow yeah. stuff going on. And similar, it's like, it's, I don't know if I would necessarily consider it a stance, but you kind of like do this thing where he like goes down for like a second and then you follow up, and then those are like different Shadow Clone moves. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, and then, um, and then Victor is just like he's just got like a freaking so arsenal cool. on him. He's yeah, got these he little is cool. knives that'll <laughs> stab you and like you can just like combo with like uh I think it's like right punch, like triangle, just like triangle, 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 and there's like big old combo, right? Just a math yeah. triangle. Um but he's got a freaking pistol that he pulls out. 
He like I said, he does he that shoots thing it like with John Wick style, like very yeah. close to him. <laughs> does some great stuff with the sword, like a, a, a f- nice full set of moves that you can do with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then during some yeah another one that kind of popped out to me um, while I was going through the story mode was Shaheen. Mm. So I want to go back to him and mess around with him a little bit more too. Um, Damiani, you've been a little quiet over there. Sorry, I'm gonna get you an edgewise. Sorry, you have I don't like for, the, for yeah. Um, uh, sorry, I haven't touched it. I, I was curious about. Only thing I was curious about is um, just the, the approach that it has to both like the casual level players, midcore level players, hardcore. Um, how does it do a good job of bringing in people at those levels? Um, and I kind of always viewed Tekken as one of those like kind of like higher barrier to entry because it you know, it's fun to button mash, but to get anywhere, it feels like it might be a little bit more to get into. So. You've kind of, like Mitch and you guys have already kind of like answered all the questions pretty much for that. So I, I feel like I've, you know, someone on the outside looking in, I, I feel like you guys did a pretty good job of I- I explaining all that and why this one is getting the good reviews that it has. Although I did see a tweet from Harada that they're experiencing online errors in matchmaking and spectating right now due to very heavy stress on the servers, yeah. trying to yeah. you know, mm. say it's popular. But yeah, the it, it's always comes it, for this game, especially, Bandai Namco's history with online games it just comes back to netcode, and Mitch did a great job explaining. Like it's not, it's not the words rollback or rollback itself. Sorry, isn't just necessarily mean it's good. Like it has to actually actually be well implemented and not just be rollback netcode. So I think even saying those magic words, people are like, "Is it really going to mm. work well this time, or are you just saying these words to make like appease us, and it's going to be the same story again?" And obviously, we'll see when. Uh, you know, as more people are piling in to play it, how that how that goes down. Yeah, yeah. As I say, I'm I'm glad you said Street Fighter Six had a nice smooth launch, but it is it's hard for me because I feel like this is sort of the story most games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they get that flood, and it's like no matter how hard you try, like they're just not prepared for people to be up there playing online. Well, what I think Street Fighter Six did so well was they had a like. I think it was an open beta, like the week before the game came out, and so oh, yeah. they like it was a huge stress. Yeah, Tekken test. didn't have anything like that. No, yeah, no, definitely they had not. some earlier betas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a month or so ago. Yeah, they like Street Fighter Six had an open beta while reviewers had keys, which was kind of like their way to test the online while you know in the review process. And I, I, I like made a tweet about it. Like that was the best experience as a fighting game reviewer that I've ever had like with a fighting game because I was able to, you know, test out how the the online would work in a environment that was that would be similar to what it would be at launch and I would love to see more fighting games do that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, let's get into one of the biggest craziest things that has happened this week and it's been a crazy week. Uh, Pal World <laughs> came out in early access. We saw this a while back. We've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. I guess it's been in production since like a 2021, something like that, when it first got showed off. Crazy. Uh, you know, basically build as Pokemon with guns. But there's like all kinds of different variables to this, this story. I don't know if one story even covers it. Uh, first of all, the Pokemon with guns is a little bit of, of a weirdness because we'll, we'll get into your impressions later, Huber, but it doesn't play like Pokemon at all. Right? Nah. Like it's... It is like an arc kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even kind of subscribe uh, described it as being similar to Sons of the Forest. That's which funny. Interesting comparison, um, but with these autonomous creatures helping you out, uh, which the CEO described as 
automation with emotion. Um, but yeah, like helping out with your base and stuff like that. But reasons why this thing has gone so crazy. One, so far, which this is probably already outdated by the time we're talking about this, 8 million copies in less than a week. That is nuts. Out of nowhere. It was that just is like so nuts. Hour by hour going, they would just add another million. It was just yeah. crazy those first couple of days, especially. Are those sales? Like, yeah, or Steam. Game and, Pass and is it's not... on Game Pass, too. Yeah. So oh, that'll come in handy when Nintendo sues them for all their worth. <laughs> uh, Spider Man 2 took 11 days to hit 5 million. It's wild. For comparison. And that was like a big deal. It was like one of the fastest selling PlayStation games ever. Yeah. Uh, two million concurrent players, making it one of the highest ever concurrents yeah. for a paid game on Steam. Well, Pokemon is just so much bigger than even the MCU, so yeah. I mean, those numbers make sense if you think about it like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but then it's like, yeah, you get into all these these controversies and concerns, um, you know, but we'll, we'll kind of escalate them. First of all, it's like uh, this, this company has done the early access several times with their past games. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like there's still games that, you know, they have an early access now, and now they're launching this one as well. Yeah. Which they said they've taken a lot of lessons from that, uh, and they do think that, like, it's something about, like, this style of game, like, benefits more. Like, they wouldn't want to do, like, a, you know, full-fledged RPG early access, but because this is something that relies a lot on player feedback and how yeah. people are interacting and stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're saying um, they even had uh, they were originally going to pu- publish it like later last year, but they're like you know it's it's not it's not quite ready yet even for early access like they wanted to get it get some of the wor- worst bugs and stuff dealt with first, um, but uh, yeah it's about sixty percent complete I think they said, um, and then uh, oh yeah well he said uh, and this is from uh, an interview that CEO did with uh, Automaton. I said, when we released Craftopia in early access, we really didn't know anything, including of what kind of game it even was supposed to be. Uh, That's not a good thing to admit. (laughs) Uh, But with PAL World, we know what we're making. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think PAL World's success shows how hungry the Pokemon fan base is for the next level of the monster-catching genre. Um, I think they were really hoping that Arceus would be that. It seems like it wasn't. I I don't know, really know. I've kind of fallen off of Pokemon, um, but you know they they are hungry for that next gen Pokemon experience. And just looking at Pal World, I don't think it's it. But it's doing something in that space that's new and like seems to be functional. Like, you know, it, it, it seems to have a, a steady frame rate. It seems like, you know, they're, they're obviously having server woes because of the popularity. But, like, when things are working, it seems like it's working pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just, I wish it was a different game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because I'm super not into, like, survival-style games. Right, right, right. The game obviously looks super derivative in its art design. Like, the, the environment design is super plain and basic. It doesn't. It feels like it doesn't have a personality to me, which is why I'm not super into it. Um, but man, you can't argue with, with the sales numbers. Uh, yeah, I think it's this, a perfect this game. Storm. Is huge. It's definitely a perfect storm. It's like multiple reasons this thing has blown up. Obviously, the monster catching, like you were saying, like people just love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon has been like taking a dip in terms of like player. 
impatience, Feedback. I guess. Yeah. yeah. They just want... Like, like, they're playing it, but they are not yeah. all uh, on board. Yeah. More complaints than ever, I would say, with uh, with Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um Crafting. Crafting games on Steam, like survival crafting games on Steam are like usually pretty big. Like so many people get in their groups and play these things together. Yeah, that's that's the big key. It's yeah. a real social social experience. Big time for social. A lot of people. Yeah. And uh, you know, the 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 meme worthiness of it as well. Like the mm-hmm. the creatures and, and everything. I'll go into it with my impressions, but it's like Yeah. Yeah. I mean Ooh. I mean the game is actually pretty fun. I was having an okay time with it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty addicting. The UI is really solid. Like, so so many crafting survival games are just, like, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to manage. And a lot there can be, like, a lot of menus, a lot of text. And this thing is, like, really clean, really simple to get an understanding of, like, what you need to do. So the onboarding is really inviting. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was interesting with, with that was uh, yeah, uh, Dinga Bakaba from Arcane. He had a whole thread that people were passing around this yeah. weekend. You know, talking about like he had jumped in and was playing with his friends, and like he was actually really impressed with yeah. like how well like all of these kind of like you know seemingly disparate systems kind yeah. of mesh together. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and get people in that ordinarily you know might have a hard time. You know like sinking into that kind of game. He said like yeah. after a couple of hours him and his friends were just like they were all just into it. Yeah. There was definitely a moment when I was like oh this is why this game is huge because like I came up to this little sheep creature mm-hmm. which is like the earliest thing. I was like this thing is adorable and then you just start like bashing it with like a hammer or like a club so I'm like alright this is kind of intense and then you <laughs> capture it and then when I captured it like you can use it as like a, sh- a freaking shield like a like a human shield vibes Mm -hmm. and when you're holding it out it's like crying and i'm like okay i'm starting to like get the the vibes yeah it's full on weird weird meme factor yeah and that's that's one thing that i will say i i kind of do appreciate about pal world is that it does not shy away from how dark like the general concept of pokemon is yeah like it doesn't sugarcoat you know the the nature of basically Catching enslaving the these yeah. these creatures for your own benefit. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> then I just wanted to see like what it was like attacking an NPC or whatever. So there's like an NPC out of, out in the very beginning. Mm. So I like, attack the NPC and then it's like you get a wanted level like GTA vibes and all of a sudden these like special forces <laughs> people come and start shooting, which was actually like pretty janky that part of it. <laughs> sure. Just like the gun combat seemed a little janky, and they're kind of just like standing there, and then they'll shoot you. And it's like that was really low budget, um, but I mean, I guess it encourages you to like mostly play by the rules, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, some of the other things that came up. There's this weird back and forth that happened with uh, people accusing that like the models are being made with AI, which is not really any evidence that that happened. Uh, but there was, you know. The CEO had like said a lot of supportive things about AI, but so it's Square Enix's CEO <laughs> recently, right? You know, they're doing that too, you know, with, with Foam Stars. Yeah. Uh, there was a game they did called AI Art Imposter, where they actually used generative AI as a like game mechanic. Whoa. Uh, which is pretty intense. But so far it doesn't look like there's any real evidence that AI was used 
in PAL world, and like Steam has this thing now where like you have to disclose. Oh. And and there's so. also talk of like you know this game has been in development for a, a good while. Yeah, I don't think AI generative tools have been yeah that makes sense openly available for that long for something um, that complex as yeah. a character model probably yeah. So like that's that's probably the most compelling evidence against it for me. But still, it doesn't stop the fact that you know those. There's a freaking me out. There's a yeah. It's there's yeah. Eevee, there's like, a Pokemon that yeah. if you just looked at the silhouette, you'd be yeah. like, oh, that's Lucario. Yeah. Like if it was one hundred percent, I was like, oh, I'm building a Lucario statue now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that is and that is the main <laughs> big yeah. discourse is that these things look way too similar yeah. and to actual Pokemon yeah. to the point that people are like comparing models and they're like, you know, there are, there are animation experts and stuff that are like. Yeah, I, I I don't see how you could get this close without copying it in one way or another. Well, you imported the model or you just traced it or something. Like, yeah. how else do you get these proportions? Like, that exact, people are, like, looking at, like, Sobble's fin and stuff. And it's like, like, the model looks different, but, like, it still looks the same, you know? Yeah. It's like, what's happening there? And that was kind of one of the things that also turned me off from the game because I, you know, when the first PAL World trailer came out, I looked at, you know, their previous games. I looked at Craftopia. Craftopia is, you know, a shameless Breath of the Wild kind of knockoff. Right. There, There's a there's an enemy you fight in that game that looks just like a Bokoblin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it, it doesn't even try. It, it actually, like, uses the fact that it looks so close to garner attention. And I'm just, like, not about that that yeah. style of, of marketing. So, like, I was turned off from PAL World. Like, they even right name-dropped that, too, with PAL World. They're like, yeah, it's really, it's a lot like Breath of the Wild. Like throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> I was, I was so turned off from this game, like right from the get the get going. Like it actually makes me upset that it's so popular. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that was the same too. It's like just you know, like there is that sense of like, okay, this is you know, kind of playing into that thing of like, oh, it, it Pokemon is sort of messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they they make it nice, but it's like, what if you like leaned into how messed up it is? But it's like even from that, yeah, the first trailers, it's just like, I, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> you know, blasting and shooting and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it also encourages you when you start to, to like play for a while because mm-hmm. it's like going through the tutorial and it'll like be pretty slow. It, it had like mobile vibes of just like, oh, like sure. one more little thing here. Oh, I got to make sure I craft that. So this, you know, pops or whatever. Um but fairly early on, it's like, all right, go capture, like, 30 of these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, okay, this is still the tutorial? <laughs> like, I'm going to go on. Because, like, even crafting the Pokeballs is, like, you got to, like, have enough resources for that and, like, tra- travel back to your base. So it's, like, right. in the beginning, like, it's, like, pretty hard to, to put down for, for sure. Mm. I was, like, pretty pretty hooked. I'm like, why am I doing this, though? It's just numbers. <laughs> it's just like numbers Watching are the numbers go up. Yeah, the number, like this full lizard brain vibe of like, dude, the number's going up. But like, I was, they got me. They got me with the numbers. The numbers kept going up and I kept getting like new recipes, new gear. Things were going off. I started to build my little house, put my bed in there. Yeah. I got all my like critters outside in their little beds, which is like really cute and adorable. Well, and they were talking too, like you, you do kind of have to manage like their moods, right? Or like, I well, I got back like and one, one of them... Like a fire fire pal can like burn your whole place down if it I, gets upset? I got back and one of them stepped into my campfire and was just like on fire when I got back. Just like <laughs> flaming. <laughs> I was like, okay, what is, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, Damian, before I get into some of those, this other stuff, any like top of the line thoughts on, on this craziness? I mean, yeah, I have zero interest in this game. Like, I, it looks like a knockoff from the beginning and like I'm already like 
losing interest in Pokemon in general as time has gone on. The series has fallen off. I think the most important things to take away from this, um, if you sift through all this shit about like the the accusations going back and forth, that's not that's very irrelevant to me. Uh, how much demand there is for a Pokemon like like game on other platforms, specifically on PC, and how much money the Pokemon company is leaving on the table by being an exclusive series to Nintendo and Switch, and uh, if you know if they ever wanted to see you know about in- increasing that revenue there and maybe not going multi-platform on other and competitors, but going on PC, man, like those those. The, the voices for that are only going to get louder, as ridiculous as that might seem. And two, like the quality fidelity that the Switch is maybe is, you know, it's not just even a Switch. Like that's like a culprit that people keep pointing to. It's the development cycle for Pokemon. Like they mm-hmm. need to take their time. They need right. to slow down. They need to rethink some of the conventions. It shows that they're, they, they can take risks. They don't need to be playing it so safe. Obviously, with Arceus, obviously with uh, with Scarlet and Violet, they started to take some risks, but they're like it's so surface level that they like they're so behind. Even like just even from a quality of life standpoint, they just have basic things that are missing that should be there. And they've been pointed out numerous times by like feedback and reviews, and they still refuse to to adjust or add those types of features. And honestly, maybe this is something like this is what it takes. You know, something like oh, Nintendo and, the, and I'm sure assume the Pokemon company don't like it when someone's stealing their thunder and like they like being like the dominant ones in this. So even if I, I don't think this is going to result in any real like legal action, like people that I don't I, this is just like, you know, that's the distraction. I think the real thing to take away is that I hope this lights a fire under their ass to maybe for the yep, switch successor hardware to like. Your next mainline Pokemon on Switch 2, I mean, there's going to be a cross-gen one, but whatever is after that, that needs to come out swinging, man. Like, I know they sell well, but, like, just selling well, like, someone is always out there who's going to be better than you and wants to be bigger than you. And, like, it might not happen for, like, years or decades, but someone will come after you eventually. And, like, this is, like, this might be it for this. And, like, I hope it leads to the Pokemon series, you know, innovating and becoming better down the line. Because despite what they've been doing in the last few entries, like it's still so far behind. But Damiani, there's there's something there about what you're saying uh, about Pokemon-like games that is really, really interesting to me about this is that there are quite a few Pokemon-like games that have come out recently. People have pointed out... What was that out, one we played with Jones? Cassette Beast. We've talked about Temtem. Well, Temtem. Um, yeah. And that was it. Like, you know, obviously you've got Digimon and stuff out there. And it's like this isn't even this game isn't even like Pokemon. Seriously, and it's not it, like it has more of a marketing budget than those those other games because nobody knew this was coming out. It just came out and exploded. Was dude do, do so like it, an influencer the, streaming? Is that how it just really you? feels Let's, like it's riding on them looking <laughs> like Pokemon. Like okay, so yes, Pokemon. that's the okay. There, that's the relevant part to when we get to like why they look the same. It is hard yeah. to make good designs for creatures. Um, and honest, honestly, like before Pokemon, there were other games that like struggled to do this. And obviously, influence, inspiration versus where do you cross the line into like, you're not just taking inspiration and influence. You are outright just ripping off stuff. I mean, it like. I thought it was point, weird, like, Damiani. Nope. They said uh, they got inspired by Dragon Quest. I'm like, I'm not really well, dra- seeing any yeah. Dragon Quest. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Dragon people Quest are doing those side by side. Nobody was talking about that. Well, yeah. yeah, people are putting the side by side images of like Dragon Quest 
classic Dragon Quest monsters next to Pokemon and saying like, yeah, that was look how funny, Pokemon yeah. took influence from Dragon Quest and so on. But that's the thing. I think sift through all that, 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 that chaos and that discourse, it's like they look good. It's hard to make things that look good and are appealing. That's why these are the best at it. And one these other ones you mentioned, Blood, those designs, they don't have great creature designs in some of those games you listed. I think that's it's a it's a very big weakness. And you can have like a, the best gameplay systems, but people at the end of the day also are drawn to these games because they like how those Pokemon the creatures look. And they have to like look, you know, appealing and have good designs and the best in the biz are like, you know, already working at those companies. So it's hard to, you know, get that talent and to create that many of them. Like you maybe can't create a handful, but then people are like, we're the rest. And like, that's, you know, it's, it's not as easy as people think, obviously, despite, you know, what some fans might, you know, constantly complaining about lack of certain Pokemon appearing in different generations and stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, sure, it'd be nice to have all of them, but I mean, making new ones is not that easy or else everyone, you'd see more games doing it and being successful. So I think in this specific case, yes, Pal World, is, Pal World sorry, is benefiting a bit from the likenesses of their creatures looking 100%. so similar to Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple factors for why this game is is huge. It's not you can't just say it's one thing. It's it's the perfect storm. You mm. don't get eight million that quickly with, you know. Oh, it's just Pokemon with guns. It's like no, there's a lot of factors here yeah. going on. Di- timing is definitely a big part of it. Yep. Um, yeah. Getting into some of the legal stuff, as, as, at least as far as we can talk about, um, as far as we know, <laughs> layman over here. Um, yeah, it's like they can't just be superficially similar to be proven. Uh, as infringement, uh, IP lawyer uh, Haley McLean over at MinMax uh, had like a little bonus podcast about this the other day, uh, and she said that like these cases, like they have like a four-factor test to determine infringement and stuff like that, uh, and in a lot of these cases, like it actually can just come down like to the individual judge. You know, it's like if you convince the judge that you know this is a copy, this is infringing. Mm. You know, and, but like. Again, it's like if you could prove that they somehow used the models and then they just tweaked the models that Nintendo had, then like that could be a whole other situation, right? That'd be wild. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. It's going to be the next yeah. uh, Activision Blizzard story. But yeah. They're going to be checking I don't on know, this though. every month. So in that interview, the CEO had said that they have undergone legal reviews. And at this moment, there's no specific actions taken by any other company. Uh, I know there have been all kinds of rumors floating about on the Internet, but please rest assured uh, and give our game a chance. Um, and then last night, Pokemon Company put out this statement. Inquiries regarding other companies' games. <laughs> we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. They don't even name it. Yeah, yeah it's but not worth it's our just breath. another company's game. <laughs> Everyone knows what we're talking about, so we don't need to name it. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe infringe on intellectual property rights related to to the Pokemon. That's specifically to the Pokemon, as if they're individual little creatures, for real. I'd be scared. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. So intense. When I saw, I think it was the, um... oh, hi, Damian. Uh, when I saw, I think it was the IGN headline uh, that said, 
Uh, Pokemon Company says we intend we intend to investigate. I literally heard like like horror stab music in my brain. Well, I mean, here's the thing: like po- Nintendo is one of the most litigious companies out there. If there is a way for them to sue, they're common. They're they're gonna make it oh, happen. Oh, for yeah. sure. If if there's not, then I I don't think there's anything that anyone could have ever have done. Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, I watched Kit and Krista's thing on this today too, and like they're saying, like, like you know, just from what they know in the past, not that they've heard anything specifically about this case, it's like, oh yeah, the Pokemon company is fuming right now. Oh like, sure, more than Nintendo, the Pokemon company are the ones that are mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would like. There's that modder that like put actual Pokemon into Power World. Oh yeah, Power World for a hot that minute. They were instantly gone. shut down. Just gone. <laughs> that's easy. Wiped yeah. out the face of the earth. <laughs> Nuke for more of it. Yeah. So that's why I'm Those like, this thing has been. Dunks. Yeah, this thing has been sitting around for three years, and the Pokemon Company hasn't acted yet. It makes me wonder. Like resting on their laurels, they didn't think it was a threat. Maybe? I, yeah. It's I, not I, a and it's a different genre. And it's a complete. It really is a different uh, genre. It's just the I, creatures. Damiani. Maybe the yeah, maybe the mod like the because that happened they want to just take a closer look now just to like make sure because as I said like the slam dunk for them is when you cross like any assets like asset ripping code ripping anything we saw why Portal sixty four had to be delisted it was like there was no choice they were using N sixty four libraries you can't do that so right. like uh, Valve Steve couldn't do that uh, can't keep it up so. Yes, that's, you know, something they're probably going to look into. You know, they'll probably want, you know, to, like, have their lawyers look over that because there might even though it might even be a design. Just like this, anything in there that is, like, too similar or, like, looks identically or, like, an asset that was taken from one of their things, they're going to be all over that. But, I, I, yeah, I also think it's just, like, like due diligence. I mean, they, 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 it's gone so big. I think people and, like, some higher-ups are probably, like, They've known about this game for a while, but I think its success now has like caught like caught the attention of too many people at the Pokemon Company, and they're like telling their lawyers like look into this because yes, you are right. It, like sadly, the 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 harsh reality for a lot of this is Nintendo Pokemon Company and Nintendo specifically do try to see how far they can push the legal boundaries with their IP and their rights. We see this constantly with emulators and emulation with Nintendo, despite, you know, emulation being ruled legal, but, you know, the legality of ROMs and stuff, you know, not quite as, you know, I mean, rentals you know back black in the and white. <laughs> yeah. They still constantly well, go after, after YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. They, they still go after like emulation videos and videos about making switch emulators. Like they are constantly going after that stuff because they don't care if there was already a ruling on past stuff. They want like the, the minds change that a judge's mind. As you said, it depends on judges sometimes, which judge you get, what, you know, what, what area of the country, which judges making that decision. It's like, yeah, they, they will keep pushing that and keep trying that to see what they, what they can get back, you know, right wise. And so this might be one of the things where they, their lawyers are just looking at the Pokemon company. It's like, we might be able to like push on something here, and like even if like they aren't doing it, this is good for us for now and for the future because it gives us like you know it gives us more power over you know things that are Pokemon like going down the road, which is not the greatest thing. Like I personally, I'm like I'm don't like when that happens, but you know that's they're also just doing what you know they're just playing the game that's in front of them. Yeah. Uh- yeah, to me, the way this statement reads is kind of like, we know. Stop emailing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's like so many people were fishing for a response. Like they finally just yes. had to say something. It's like, yeah, this is yeah. what we've been doing all along, what we do every day um, kind of thing. Uh, it's funny because like part of me wants to say like, I mean, well, they obviously have the gall, but like, would you be so stupid if you weren't covering your, your ass, right? Like, because this is so obviously inspired by Pokemon that like, you wouldn't be so stupid as to put in a single asset from actual Pokemon, right? Because they would nuke you. Yes, you know? but also it it feels like a lot of the stories that have come out from the CEO, like this team has really been cobbled together. Like he talked about like finding the guy to do the guns at a convenience store. And it's like, you know, <laughs> like... All right, it, never mind. <laughs> it's really like a solid, Smart, like aside from like the weirdness and the controversial parts of it, like... The way that this team has been like put together is like just such an indie story. <laughs> it's just kind of wild. Uh, and I mean, like, I guess like ants and bugs life exist. You know, deep impact exists. Yeah, it's possible to do something similar. So I think there may be like some of this that are like it's not necessarily like malicious. It's like we're not like trying to steal a thing. It's just like there's like although like a little bit of maybe naivete about it. Um, and yeah, but but you know, at the same time, it's like, like I said, like would this game have been what it is if I, the pals did not look anything like Pokemon? I saw someone compare this, or at least bring up um, Vampire Survivors mm-hmm. and how it uses oh, yeah. like identical assets from um, Castlevania. So. You know, like, what is the difference, kind of, between they, <laughs> this and that? They had to change out their stuff, though, eventually. Like, the stuff they were using initially, I thought they all swapped that out. And now it's the stuff that, I like, looks it, similar, yeah. but it's not... They were, like, literally using actual assets from other stuff. as, mm. And then they had to take them out and change them. So anything in there now, like, looks similar. Like, yeah, like, the, those the things that look like the, the skeleton dragon head shooting fireballs. Like, they, like... They're so small on the screen, they look identical, but when you zoom in, it's like they look different enough that it's like that's not the actual asset anymore. It's like something right. a little different, but yeah, that's the thing. And now, honestly, that's the thing. That's that's for like a lawyer, the lawyers and judges to figure out. It's like, where's the line of two, you know, is that, in, you know, ripoff? Is that inspiration, influence? Like, that's always a case by case basis. So, no one, like, no one, none of us can answer that question. We could say what we think, but. At the end right. of the day, like someone sets the precedent, and it's like, yeah, yeah, who knows? Like coin flip, I don't know. <laughs> but with with these kind of sales and with the game pass and everything, like, how how insane is this going to be if a judge did say that like this had to get shut down? Like, I, what in the world? <laughs> I mean, I mean, like massive refunds, I guess. But man, like, I don't know what they would do. I don't know. I wouldn't fly that yeah. close to the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my thing. Is like, I mean, why people... try? Like, why try? Like, I guess because it's been a huge success, and and flying close to the sun, you know, you get a great tan. But like, <laughs> never, never hey. underestimate people's laziness. Like, so, like if it shuts down and they bank like thirty or forty percent of the people don't get a refund, mm-hmm. you're still raking in millions. You know? Yeah. Oh, you think they know. might take the money think... and run? I mean, if they the like the thermonuclear option of this game having to shut down and issue refunds, I just don't think everyone would take the time to get a refund. It's like subscriptions oh, for like okay. Netflix and yeah. stuff. People not like turning off their subs right. or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like just whatever. I wonder if they have like a bunch of backup creatures somewhere. 
They're Maybe like, they're doing uh, it when now. Nintendo comes. They've got the resources now. Swap them. Swap got, them off. That's, when they, that's when they activate the AI. That's when they hit the AI button. <laughs> that was the backup all along. And by the way, it was it. Uh, for all mankind, the character Dev, you know, flying too close to the sun, it wasn't that. The lesson learned is you shouldn't fly too close to the sun. It's build better wings. Icarus should have had right. big, exactly. better wings. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was find a better way to get a tan. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it's annoying hearing about this game, like, nonstop. It's just, like, nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. But, like, when I played it, actually, I was like, it's not bad. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, no, that is definitely a factor. Like, people are losing their minds one way yeah. or the other over yeah. this game uh, online, on social media. But yeah, anything else? Because you, you've given us some of your impressions. Anything else yeah. you want to say about just jumping in there? Will you played like, two or three hours? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, if you're into survival games and you have some buddies that are into it. And definitely you, a buddy game. Definitely a buddy game. It's already feeling pretty lonely. I'm alone in there. So, yeah, I think I actually took a picture of my code. You can put it in chat if you want to join my, <laughs> join my island join my island right now there's only like 20 spots available hk5 eej there it is he had that locked and loaded ready to go join in. <laughs> populate my island nice hop in chat but i wonder how long uh it, it'll be funny to see how long the zeitgeist yeah lasts yeah i'm curious know? how much those hooks will will stick in yeah. people because the first objective is really clear and i can see like wanting to get there it's like you know level up quite a bit and then go fight like this syndicate leader far away so it's like that first big objective seems like it's yeah and i think that might be hook. what i think that might be part of like what you're saying about perfect storm though too yeah. right? when you have a game that you play with your buddies it's like that snowball of like yeah oh i'm playing this i want somebody to play with that's why Convince i play them to spend how much is it like twenty seven dollars. Yeah, because yeah. it's, on, it's sale on sale temporarily. So it's like thirty then, bucks normally. Yeah. And then they get their couple of their friends into it, and then yep. you know, then they want to play when that guy's offline, and so they get a couple of their friends. And that's why I play snowball. so much Fortnite, and yeah, I only play COD like on every couple of years because that's when my friends get it, and it's like that. Mm. The power of that is so strong. So yeah. All right. And just the curiosity of it. Sorry, bud. The curiosity of everyone, right? Yeah. Everyone is just like, oh, I got to hop in to see what this is all about. Like, yeah, there's so yeah, many. Yeah, once something gets perfect so big, factors. it gets sales just because people want to know why it's so big. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The game the game pass element of it is also pretty it, huge. Yeah. Like, you know, they, there's no barrier for people who already have games pass for, mm -hmm. you know, if 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 my buddy has game pass, I can just be like, "Hey, you want to jump into this game? It's free. You got game pass." Yeah. They'll jump in. Yeah. Okay, Huber. Suicide Squad put out their final insider video uh, going over the post-launch <laughs> plans. You can go ahead and roll this thing. This goes forever. Uh, it's 11 minutes long here. Um, Why is the Arkham series now part of a fucking multiverse? <laughs> we'll God! Get we'll get there. Irreparable damage to the brand now. <laughs> Just multiverse bullshit. Here we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, so basically this is, uh, they, they, they said this so many times. They wanted to hammer this thing home. Totally new content at no cost. For sure, which is awesome. Yeah. So they're I'm saying. I'm going to be open-minded for this game, yeah. and I'm going to try so freaking hard. I'm going to actively try my hardest to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh. Uh, the when you finish the story, then they're gonna. Know, start... there are, that that bothers me. Yeah. Right. Right. 
okay. at the top here. It's like, this game is not even out. Right. I just hate this. I hate that we're just in the spot with this game where it's like post-game content launch, like already? Like the game isn't even out. Like let the game come out and speak for itself and be like, yo, post post stuff's coming. Give people like a week or two and then start this train. I don't know. That right. just bothers me. Right. Yeah, but I guess that's the thing is like they're, I mean, they're really desperate to get people into this game right now with all the bad taste in everyone's mouths. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're saying once you finish the story, then, you know, a couple weeks later, they're going to start rolling out these It just episodes. already makes the main storyline <laughs> feel inconsequential and meaningless. Yeah. It already has lost stakes. The stakes are already down the gutter when you're like, okay, so after, you know, you defeat Brainiac, basically, like, all right, once Brainiac's done, like, now right. you can start getting into all this multiverse shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> God. Before they even got into uh, the content of those episodes, so they talked about like a lot of this other social play, which is you're probably not going to like either. Uh, talking about like getting emotes and outfits, uh, they said they're bringing Rocksteady's approach to social gameplay with competition among the s- squad. Uh, the best player becomes squad leader for I do the like next that. mission. I should I'm like a fan it. of that too. I like it. I'm not sure what that means though. What does that you mean? You get to choose the mission for the group. Okay. So when you're all on, on the open world, like you get to activate the next mission. Um, and they were talking about too when you hop in. Sometimes if someone beats your score, it'll be like their character like flipping you off and stuff. Yeah. Which is like sounds childish, but it's actually like kind of funny. And it's not as much of a fan of that. I'm not <laughs> a fan of that. There's some, like, that whole clip was like, okay, that I, seems obnoxious. Turn on your your Suicide <laughs> Squad and then yeah. boomerangs Get flipping bombarded. you off. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it reminds me of Super Mario 3D World though. That uneasy alliance, mm-hmm. you know, going for that crown. Like you're in this together, but yeah. also like. Cooperative, no. but competitive. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I yeah, like that. I'm a fan of that, too. Yeah. Uh, they do have leaderboards. They said separate leaderboards for each, like, however many players you have. So there's a solo leaderboard up to four-player leaderboard. Mm. Um, one thing I, I actually liked, um, you get to use other players' gear on your AI teammates. Mm, so cool. if you're playing solo, but your buddy crafted some crazy weapon or whatever, awesome. like you can have your buddy's weapons and equip Use them my them. stuff, chat. Use my stuff. <laughs> they get, and that person gets rewards for oh, how many ooh. people are using them. Oh, okay. So I'm curious how, like, is can there like I, some kind I of play style for owls? I wonder. I don't need the rewards. Just, just use my stuff. That's like <laughs> pawns. Yeah, I was going to say, chat beat me to it, but that's like pawns and Dragon's Dogma. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, is, like, okay, this is the Suicide Squad going on some, like, suicidal mission to take out the Justice League, like, oh, who's gonna die? And it's, like, you think they're really gonna kill any of these characters? Like, what I've if I've never you, been convinced, yeah. Exa- what if you... Maybe one. What if you play this game and you're Deadshot, he's your guy, and you play for, like, you know, however long, 20, 30 hours, whatever, and then, like, Deadshot's the only one to die, or, like, Harley is the only one to die, and that's your character. Like, there's no way... Oh, there's no way any of them are gonna die. There's no way! What if they kill whichever character you use the least? (laughs) <laughs> like they have I, a different version for all of them. That's funny. I just love That'd this thought. Cool. Yeah, then the multiverse version could come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just love this thought of like you're all playing a four-player cooperative game. Yeah. You, you watch a cutscene. One of the character dies. Yeah. And then just they on that person's the... screen, yeah, they just get like a black screen that says, "Sorry, you chose Deadshot." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad news. Yeah. Yeah, they really can't. They exactly. Really, like, they can't die. They can't be taken away for a long period of time. There's just no stakes yeah. to this. Like, it's uh, crazy. And like killing the Suicide Squad, or killing, yeah, killing the Justice League now too, 
it's like, okay, kill the Flash, and then just another Flash from another multiverse or whatever universe is going to come. Could could be, yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Which I'm I guess not. is how you have replayability in, like, the end game. Yeah. Ugh. Which makes sense for, like, the game-ness yeah. of it. But it's just not exciting. Yeah. I will say these costumes look really cool. Like... Yeah, one cool. one of the, the the big things about live service games is that your your cosmetics have Essential. to be have to be on yeah. point. The freaking Batman skins in Ar- the Arkham games were yeah. awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I, I do think that you know that element is something that Rocksteady is nailing with this game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I want I want those skins. I need like, that classic Harley skin. Yeah, and ASAP. like, and they, there seems to be like <laughs> cool animations. Also, there's like different effects that happen. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm I'm I feel like the world is pulling me one way, but I'm still fighting against the current. Be like, I still <laughs> yeah. want to hold on to hope <gasps> that this game is going to be good. It doesn't have yeah. to be amazing. It doesn't have to be game of the year. I yeah. just want it to be baseline good. Same, yeah. And like, this point, stick yeah. around and you know, not be one of those live service games that just you know has six months and then is just something that history books will look back on. Yeah, right. <laughs> as another failed live service game. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted more like. I just wanted more than okay, but now I just need to accept that, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, Avengers was exciting at first, right. and then it was, like, at the end of the day, like, I liked it, but it was just fine. And it's like, mm-hmm. yo, we're talking about the Avengers. We're talking about the freaking Justice League from, like, a really talented studio that nailed s- Batman, like, superheroes. So, yeah, like, I'm bummed that I'm hoping for fine and okay. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so at, at this point, I'm hoping for at least Avenger, Avengers level. I just, yeah. I don't want it to be worse than Avengers. Yeah, I think it'll um, be, I think it could be better. I think it'll be especially better the story Avengers. and stuff. Yeah, like, well, here's yeah. the thing: like Avengers, at, at, if uh, you take away the live service uh, elements of Avengers, mm-hmm. that was a pretty solid single player game. I really liked it. It was really only it was only when they they put those multiplayer aspects into the single player mode that the game started to suffer. Yeah. But like the characters were great. Yeah. The combat I thought was really fun. I thought they did a really good job of making every character feel unique and, you know, true to their vision of that character. Um, the the thing about this game is like I don't think you can do that with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn doesn't have, you know, the the kind of you know, dedicated style of gameplay that yeah. makes me feel like I am playing as Harley Quinn. Like, totally. Just using a grappling hook and, you know, flying around shooting yeah. a, a assault rifle doesn't they make me feel look the that same. great. Yeah. Yeah. They like all they're all, have... all just using a different gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skill, I, I was watching Skill's video, video and he said something very similar. I think, like, that. that is kind of the, the key element of this. When you played Avengers, you felt like you were playing yeah. Hulk as felt Hulk. Big yeah. And you beefy, felt like Hulk. Meaty. If yeah. you're playing as Iron Man was cool because you'd fly around. Yeah, yeah, if you're playing as Killer Shark, I don't know if just having that you know move where you jump up real high yep. and then slam down mm-hmm. uh, really makes you feel like you're playing as Killer Shark or like the elements that make Killer Shark Killer Shark. But yeah. you know, we'll see. I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. I'm not. Again, Same. I'm not giving up hope, hope on this. I actually think Elseworld, Elseworlds. Elseworlds Joker looks really cool. Looks He's got like really cool. He looks I like hate, Nick Cage to me. I hate the idea and the the context behind it with some multiverse shit. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay of him looked really fun. The umbrella. The gameplay of him looks great. He's like it Psycho Mary Poppins. Yeah. I don't like his yeah. character design, <laughs> yes. but yes. I do like his gameplay. Looked cool. Um, 
But yeah, so the way these are going to work. I'm excited for that Harley and that Joker banter. What's that going to be like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be weird. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, so every season there's going to be two episodes uh, heavily themed by a DC villain. So it sounds like they're going to be like Joker's just the first yeah. and then they're going to go full rogues gallery. Need that croc, dude. Need killer yeah. croc. Give me Clayface. Uh, they Clayface. also talk about there being like different spins on the gameplay too. So it'd be interesting to see like how like fleshed out that is. Seasons based on I can already see it now, but I'm I'm pessimistic mm-hmm. here. It's gonna be like seasons based on like different elemental powers. Cool, right? <laughs> like, oh, these enemies use shock, and you need to you need to make sure you've got your shock armor up. <laughs> uh, they yeah, talk- I, I, I hate don't, that. I don't hate the texture on Joker's jacket. Yeah, it looks cool. He looks it looks cool. fun. He does look fun. I was like, all right, all right. Uh, they did say nothing behind a battle pass, which wasn't that the thing we talked about like this time last year or whatever. Like there was like a battle pass that got leaked, hmm. so it sounds like they killed that. They killed the battle pass mm. entirely. They said there's nothing behind a battle pass. Interesting. Give me the nothing pass, behind, Lord. nothing locked behind it, maybe because it's all free. Maybe is that what they, they mean? say yeah, the they... in-game shop is for cosmetics only. Yeah, um, but nothing's locked behind a battle pass. So that I mean that yeah. would mean that you don't have to like grind it out, right? I think it. I think it'll just be a free battle pass. Is yeah. my th- my thought. And like, I don't Maybe. mind. I don't I mind. You know, the progression of the battle pass. I think sure. it's it's cool to have that. You know, element of every time you level up, you get something cool. Definitely. Um. The the problem of battle passes is, has always been, you you start to feel stress if that you yeah. paid money for this thing and if you don't out. play it enough, totally. you're not going to get yeah. the and things you paid for. That's what they said. Is that you'll be able to go back months later and and experience all this stuff like you don't mm-hmm. have to yeah. like get it on time yeah uh another thing they like repeatedly said was a player-friendly approach mm-hmm. quote unquote totally yeah. i like this that nothing goes away yeah come on back yeah um, um but like these else worlds are so, apparently made by brainiac though which is a crazy weird thing there's that's like, a cool context with people's for, dna it's a cool context for the reason of a multiverse i suppose like brainiac is trying to like suck everyone's power and stuff and make his own like home world again which is like cool but I don't know just multiverses never ever I've never liked them I never do Mm -hmm. ever yeah even the best stories like they just lose stakes for me what about everything everywhere all at once (laughs) I, I thought the movie was fine Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, a, it was fine. It was, was good. But he that was, was a punk a fully, ass bitch. I just don't like multiverses. That was a fully Aww. different reason to have a multiverse, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's why this is this stings so hard because, like you were saying, it's like the whole stakes of you know Joker being dead at this point. It's just like, yeah, hey, yeah, no, don't worry about that. We got this other Joker. Yeah. He's not as experienced. He hasn't become a supervillain. He's more friendly, working with other people. Yeah. I like, guess I guess it doesn't bother me that much because because it's obviously like a completely different Joker. It's not Mark Hamill Joker. Yeah, it's, it doesn't you know, sound anything alike. It's, not even like trying to make an impression. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a completely different style of of the character that just happens to have the same name. So, I'm I'm not I'm not that opposed to that and I am kind of looking forward to like being able to revisit like, you know, the Arkham landscape in this, you know, new style of gameplay. So, again, I the current is taking me one way. Yeah. I'm I'm digging my claws in the sand trying not to get swept away. <laughs> <laughs> I I still want to hold out hope for this game and you know what? We'll find out soon. Very soon. Yeah. We've got more to come, but if you've been enjoying the show so far, please take a second to like and subscribe and ring that bell on YouTube. Leave a review on those podcast apps. It helps us and it helps you stay connected. 
And now, a word from our sponsors. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I love Shopify because no matter how big you want to grow, they've got... They've got you from every step of that journey. Everything you need to take the control and start small in your basement or uh, Brandon Jones's garage and all the way to your own company and your own business across the world. Shopify's got you. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash allies, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash allies now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash allies. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. All right. Uh, if you're if you're confused, Damiani uh, had scheduling things today, so he will be temporarily away. But he'll be back for bets and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, like a dragon, Dude. infinite wealth is yeah. here. Both of you have played it. I don't have anything prepared. You guys, gush, go for it. What's going on with this game? It is amazing. That is the first thing. It is, I, as you know, as you you probably are aware this franchise. I've been feeling. The, oh, we the don't fatigue. need headphones now either. I've been, feeling, I've been feeling the franchise fatigue with uh, Yakuza uh, over the years because there's just been so many of them, and they're so similar in their presentation, you know, the similar beats, you know, sim- all the way down to the side stories where it's like from goofy to really sentimental to, you know, violent. It's just like it was taking its toll on me, you know, and especially after six, you know, it kind of felt like this natural end point. Um, and then I liked seven, but I wasn't too hot on it, so I was like kind of dipping down. Infinite Wealth has brought me back <laughs> all in. This game is so good. I think the Hawaiian setting, I really underestimated how much that was going to change the vibe and the tone because, yeah. like, you're still doing a lot of the, the same stuff. But the way the characters are, like, Ichiban and Kazuma are just, like, kind of fish out of water, mm-hmm. um, I just really am enjoying the change of setting and the change of pace. And the change of pace especially, too, because this is an epic, and they go really in on, like, small-scale stuff. I mean, there's whole big arcs where, like, you're not really getting into that many fights in the storyline, uh, you know, just obviously when you're running places mm-hmm. and doing stuff, but, like... I'm just getting this Shenmue vibe of like doing mundane like day to day stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying my time with it. I'm really enjoying it too. Um, I think 
And I, I really like the Yakuza series as a whole. I think it is a flawed series in a lot of ways. And I think one of the, the constants of the Yakuza series is that they are very bad at learning from kind of their mistakes. <laughs> and I feel like this game absolutely learns from the mistakes of the previous game. Dude, the freaking RPG mechanics in this are the, so good. Mm. The combat is is much better. Much. It's much smoother. Um, there's ways to, like, uh, you know, instantly end battles against weaker yes. foes. I don't remember if that was in the, the previous I game. I don't think so. But that's, like, a huge, huge... Uh, uh, you know, benefit to the game. Yeah, that's, that's actually one of my questions because it's like, yeah. I know like a lot of people got fatigue out of that battle system with how long that last game was. Yeah, and I think yeah. the the best thing that it does is it gives you level recommendations every time you're about to go into a, like a big, big a big fight. Yeah. And it eliminates the problem of having to grind up an absurd amount in mm-hmm. order to meet those level gates. Yeah. Um, at least so far that I've played, I'm on like chapter 10 and I've heard from our reviewer that he never experienced yeah. anything. Like chapter 12 yeah. of uh, Like a Dragon was notorious. Yeah. I, th- there's no RPGs that I can think of where I remember the specific chapter, everything <laughs> that happens in it. But I do... And not in a yeah. good way. I was so nervous that I in this right when I started and I got some like XP boosting gear. I was uh-huh. like, I gotta, I gotta equip that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. I'll take the penalty to my stats. I need that. <laughs> yeah, and like the 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 result of that, it's it's a much more leisurely. That's pace. what I said. Leisurely my number pace? <laughs> leisurely pace oh, hey. is my number one quote about this. We game. might be the yes. same person actually. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're able to take it at a leisurely pace because yeah. you're not worried about constantly being underleveled for you know whatever whatever happens. The battles, while they're not super difficult, they're still engaging and fun yeah. because of the ways you're you're able to maneuver around the environment and pick your spots so that you knock an enemy into another enemy so or like you know knock an enemy into your ally and yeah. like ping pong the enemy back and forth. It's just like super satisfying. It's super rewarding and yeah, it just yeah. it feels good. And for a really long time too. You know I love economies. Mm-hmm. I would, like money is tight early on. It takes a while to get to that spot where you have like unlimited. You know, Yakuza's do that quite a bit. Like later on, you can get yeah. so much. But but also too the the difficulty because sometimes I would go down just like an alleyway, you know, off the beaten path, and all of a sudden there's like the purple enemies. You know, enemies are mm-hmm. color coded. So if you see the blue ones, you can just like. You uh, do a smackdown and then it like kills them all basically in one hit. Yeah. But then sometimes you'll see like purple enemies or the red enemies that have like a crown on them. And if you beat those, it can unlock like an area they're guarding yeah. where you can find more stuff you and like find a safe. Yeah. And like that's how I really like playing Yakuza is like do all the side stuff, explore. So it's really fun for a long time early on just getting in like pretty hardcore fights so it was like dude I'm like I like died a couple times Mm -hmm. that I was not expecting so and then they take a lot of your money they take a (laughs) they take a lot of your money so I was like I'm like really into that (laughs) That and then I assume then I assume the end game like every Yakuza will be like then you gotta grind for you know some of those like tournament arcs and Mm -hmm. some other things that really make you grind for that optional stuff yeah, uh, and what I really like about this game is also not afraid of you being overleveled. Like, yeah. there's no there's no level requirements for gear. If you have the money, you can buy like the most powerful weapon for your character yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah, which I think is is like really refreshing. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to do that. If you do do that, you probably aren't going to have enough money to equip the rest of your yeah. your party. So there's like interesting decisions you have to make with your your limited funds. There's stores all over the place mm-hmm. that each have a different inventory that are kind of you know meant for different jobs. Yeah. Uh, and the job system in general it's is really really satisfying. So fun. I love. Oh my god, the cutscenes that play before you get a job are yeah. so <laughs> yeah. so good. I'm gonna. If you don't want to know about, if you don't want to know about it, cover your ears. But there's a jo- there's like a samurai job that you can get, and the way you get it is you you basically go to this uh, this like travel ag- agency that yeah. signs you up for these activities that you can do around Hawaii. And one of them, you go on like a trolley ride, and you're watching these two kids fight with cardboard uh, things, and you like you go by a sign that you know there's like a shadow that makes it so that there's a like a samurai top knot on the guy's head and Ichiban's just like oh, that's it <laughs> and he goes into this like funny like compilation of Ichiban becoming a samurai yeah and it's just so good the it's way so that good. they've woven jobs into this game in a way that's different from how they did in the previous game is just so so smart absolutely uh, I promise not to spoil any story stuff but I do want to talk about just the vibes of it. I promise I won't spoil you. Do not worry. Um, just Kazuma being in your party as like a supporting character mm-hmm. is extremely refreshing. I mean, obviously he's driving like a bunch of the plot, but it's still Ichiban's game. Mm, Ichiban's yeah. taking the lead. So yeah. just having Kazuma as a supporting character is incredible. But how does that gameplay work? Because they talked about like him being on like his own battle system differently or not really. Okay. He he's still on the turn based battle system. Later on there is a mechanic that's introduced where you do get to do the, the classic Yakuza style of, you know, free roam like, you know, free control. But it's only for a limited amount of time. Yeah. Got it. Um it's like, you know, a super move basically. Yeah. Uh but then having these new cast members also join in like, so many great characters in this franchise, but, like, right out of the gate, just character joining these two legends, you know? So you have, like, Ichiban and Kazuma and then this other character, and just the way that they are part of that crew, it's like, dude, you are with these two legends. So just, like, the dynamics of the party mm-hmm. is really, really fun and satisfying. I really like the dynamic of Ichiban and Kiryu because... Yep. Uh, yeah. I love I love our our review uh, done by Tristan. He, he like describes Ichiban like the best I've ever seen him be described. It's, mm-hmm. it's like Ichiban is a like the human personification of a golden retriever. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> just like, a big puppy dog. He, he's just like this big puppy dog who just always wants, always sees the good in people, mm-hmm. always you know wants to to do right by people. Yeah, and it's just he's such a. A comforting person to be around, mm-hmm. and then you have Kiryu, who's also a really, really good person. Yeah, but he's he's good in a completely different way. Totally, and, and he's punished. Yeah, <laughs> he's been through punished. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just a really, really interesting dynamic to have like both of these characters that I love so much. And you know, Kiryu's been a part of the Yakuza series for who knows how long at this point. Two thousand five, and it's it's kind of <laughs> crazy how like Ichiban is the new the new kid on the block, yeah. and even in moments where like I'm following Ichiban's story and not Kiryu's, like I'm not I'm not missing Kiryu. Yeah, 
and in the the parts where I'm following Kiryu, I'm not missing Ichiban. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really impressive balance that they've managed to hit here of having these two really strong characters and not yeah not having the the snake and riding situation totally. where like. Oh God, I'm playing yeah. this ride. When do I get to play a snake again? Yeah, because Ichiban was <laughs> awesome in the last one, but he was still a new character. Now it's familiar. You have that connection already if you went through seven, and mm-hmm. yeah, and he's just so much more confident. The writing, everything about it, just yeah. Are you uh, are you playing uh, English dub or uh, Japanese? Japanese. Yeah, yeah, I actually think the English dub is really good. Um, I think you know. Shout out to to Keiji Tang. He does such a phenomenal job awesome. as as Ichiban. Yeah, just like the energy that he puts into this character. Well, like even when you're like doing karaoke and you're doing like the spirited, you know, claps yeah. or whatever. Oh my god! And this like so he's reacting to the lyrics of the song. And like <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's like a lyric that says like, and then I left you on the beach, and he's like, how dare you! <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's so good. He's so unhinged in, like, the best possible way. And just, I said how, like, the Hawaiian setting is different. That goes, like, the, the you know, I uh, just trying to, like, dance around everything. Basically, I just get, like, Foot Clan vibes mm. from the gangs in this game now. <laughs> you know, just the whole vibes are different because of what has happened in the previous games. Right. Some huge ramifications. And now we're kind of in the aftermath of that. Um... So yeah, there's just a, it's it feels so different than the last couple yakuza's, which I am really enjoying. But all that familiar stuff is there, you know, the way every single system feeds into in into itself. You've got you know the bonds and eating food and all the side quests and those give you rewards. Like every single thing you do matters to something else, one way or the other. Like they have perfected that so hard, so you, it is like. These games are like you compulsively just want to do everything. You just want 100 percent it. Yeah. And a huge shout out to the Bonds. They say Bonds <laughs> 50 million times more than Kingdom Hearts. This is like, Bonds the game. There is there is a fucking Bonds bingo, bingo card, card, dude. Heck yeah. You go around like getting in optional conversations with your party members, and it'll fill in a legitimate Bond bingo card. And if you line those up, you get like a mega Bond boost. It's, it's just so funny. Ridiculous. And the crazy taxi mini game, like you were saying, and what other mini games were there? There's like the with the the party members uh, because I really didn't play that much of the last one. Um, I'm not a big fan of Sujimon, but yeah, yeah. um, I'm wondering, like, Pokemon is like, like, do you get them all kind of like as part of the main quest, or like a lot of optional characters? It's like main. It's like story beats. Story beats, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is anyone is like standing out that you want to? Any shout-outs, any sidekicks? I mean, I'm obsessed with someone, but I don't want to, like, they, color people's expectations Yeah, on I mean, it, if, if, you, out. if you've but been following the trailers, you probably know who the, yeah. the party members are, but it, if you are, have not been following them, mm-hmm. it is kind of a spoiler to to yeah. talk about who the party members are. Yeah, I don't really want to go into that. Got it. I, Got it. But there's, like, a new person that I am just obsessed with, so, yeah. And I'm, I'm just loving it. I'm does really it start with a T or does it start with a C? Tea. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I've seen was a there? few people say it's their their f- actual favorite in the series. Like, yeah. Like huge fans. I I mean, uh, Like a Dragon was my favorite in in the the series just because. Wow. Yeah. I I, I love I love Ichiban Kasuga. Yeah. Like I said, I love that puppy of a man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he's just such a likable character, and uh, you know the. 
what I will say, you know, we've been talking a lot of really positive elements of Infinite Wealth. One negative that I will say is that while the story is a lot more lighthearted, it mm-hmm. is, you know, it is Shenmue least, vibes. It is Shenmue vibes. <laughs> the game. Um, I, I'm not quite. It it doesn't have the same kind of story hook that the first game had because it, it, you know, the first game really was this origin story of this new character and it was really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, every chapter felt like it ended with some sort of, you know, cliffhanger that made me want to jump into the next chapter yeah. immediately. I haven't really gotten that from this game. The, the, the main, the main quest. That's why I like it more though. All right. Seriously. Cause it's so <laughs> character driven. I'm like, these yeah. are always character driven games, mm. but it's like, God, they go into the characters they and do. by doing like slice of life stuff in the main scenario instead of like rushing from one Yakuza boss to another to the crooked cops to all this other stuff. Like, I just love how it just takes its time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you are a fan of Kiryu, like this game, the way it, it honors Kiryu as a character is just Utterly incredible. Yeah. Like, it, I've never seen a game have so much adoration for mm-hmm. a legacy character like Kiryu. Um, and it, it pays off longtime knowledge yep. incredibly well. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make him cry. Seriously. Seriously. You're going to make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Game is amazing. You mentioned that you're working on that guide. What about this? Dong Island. Island. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's, it's, if you've watched the trailer, uh, you'll you'll know that there's kind of like an Animal Crossing esque survival kind of game in uh, Infinite Wealth. What you may not know is that it's so insanely deep. Like I spent 15 hours playing Insanity. this playing this just this mode. My guide is like 15 minutes long. It, it's just it's absolutely crazy. Like so, basically, you you arrive at this trash island. The literal trash island. There's trash everywhere, uh, and the idea is that you 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 turn it from a trash island into a five star luxury resort, and you do that by clearing out all the trash. You know, fighting all the 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 wa- they're called washbucklers. Mm. Like, loves picking up trash, by the way. There's a lot of trash in this game. There's so play. much trash. Like when you're just cruising down the street, there's like so many things to pick up, and you want to pick that shit up. Like you need those supplies. There's just like pick that up, pick that up, pick that up. Literally picking up cigarette butts. Like mm. come on, <laughs> a little yeah. too much, a little too much. So so yeah, so you like you have to. It's a, it's a survival game basically. So you're you're hitting trees to get wood. You're hitting rocks to get stone. You're crafting uh, buildings to increase your satisfaction level. You're uh, eventually you get to a point where you invite guests to your to your island, and you have to make sure that they have a good experience. So you're giving them souvenirs. You're giving them gifts. Um, there's just it's just layer after layer after layer after layer, and uh, it's it's not my favorite thing in the world. I did not like working on it, especially <laughs> when I had Tekken to play. But uh, I, I think if you are into that style of game, there's so much for you yeah. to do there. Because mm-hmm. it basically, it, what I'll say about the Yakuza series in general, they are one of the best series at reusing assets and still making compelling content with those assets. Yeah. Third what, game in one year. Isn't that insane? And what they <laughs> did with this is they basically just had, you basically have an asset store of, of uh, structures and items that you can place oh, in yeah, your, yeah. you can place in your island. And, you know, it's 
you want to kind of get all that stuff. You yeah. want to have the, you know, the hostess club from, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, the towns that you're, you're in. You want to have the, the, the smile burger or whatever. You can yeah. get those things. Um, so there's a lot of really compelling content yeah. in there. It's just, you know, I was, I was burned out from it. <laughs> and I always get, I always am such a sucker for the, the side quests of this series because, there's story around it, you know? Like, yeah, the, and there like, is a story around yeah. it, too. It's like, cool. I always want to see that through. Like, uh, like a Dragon Gaiden, just the Akame network, and mm-hmm. that tied into, like, the Fight Club, and that got really hard, like, at yeah. the end there. You had to really grind out your supporting roster, but it's like, yo, the Akame is, like, such an awesome character. She's, like, one of the main characters in that game, and it's like, I got 100% this to like see how that pays off because it's tied behind, you know, finishing this whole mini game. So, yeah, they've just really honed and mastered all the side stuff and how it all just feeds into each other. Yeah. Nice. Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi and if Sicko Pokemon Snap. Yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Snap. There's yeah. legit Pokemon Snap, Pokemon, Sick. like so many good things. It's literally called like Sicko yeah. Snap. Yeah. Sicko you just, snap. Yeah. You just take pictures of weirdos doing weird things in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's I also really like the Segway thing yeah. to get around. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And, ah. like, you have to, like, charge it, and that costs money. Oh, so, funny. So, like, in the beginning, it was like, dude, this, this is costing me money to use this thing. Like, actually, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, I was I was worried about the size of, of uh, Hawaii because, it's you know, big. it's pretty big. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the, the, the problems I've, I've had with previous Yakuza games is that there's a lot of just – running from one area to another area, running back to another area. It's like a lot of ping-ponging. But in what they do really well about the the Hawaii map is that there's a lot of interesting things to do while you're just getting from point A to point B. There's all kinds of different shops that you can go to that might have a new weapon for a new new job. Um, There's, you know, there's Sujimon stuff that you can, if you are into that, you could, you know, develop that out. There's, like you said, there's those uh, battles with the people with the crowns on their head. Yeah, that, you yeah, know, those kind are fun. of are guarding like mini bosses basically. Yeah. There, there's just so much stuff that you can get that improves your character that it's it's very compelling to just yeah. you know walk from one area to another. For sure. Also, I just got back from Hawaii, and it is like insane right. how recognizable some of these spots are. Right. Like my hotel was right; it's identical. It's Whoa. eerie. It is eerie how similar it felt right down to like, yo, there's a stairwell down to a restaurant right there in that spot. Like, did they have, what island is it on? It's Honolulu. Honolulu, right? yep. Oh, okay. Do I'm they have Hawaii it, next month. Is nice. the, uh, the Anaconda shopping district an actual place? In? That I don't remember. Uh, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> but like, right, like the main like beach there, like, and it's like Kona, I think they call it Kona Street in this, mm. is like right where I was, right where I stayed. Wow, and it cool. looks so damn similar. So that was that was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. One more headline uh, before we get into uh, also this week's stuff. Uh, we we <laughs> we want to try to not talk too much about layoffs, but man, this week's layoffs. Oh man, uh, we got big ones. Uh, Microsoft is laying off 1,900 employees across Activision Blizzard. Uh, and Xbox. Uh, it includes some Zenimax people as well. Uh, out of 22,000 in their gaming division. So that's a big, big number still. Um, also, along with that, President Mikey Barra is leaving Blizzard. 
as well as Blizzard co-founder and chief design officer Alan Adam. Um, Phil Spencer called it, quote, part of the process of joining with Activision Blizzard. Part um, of the process. Part of the process. Just 1,900 people going away. Uh, that is like almost offensive. It's really good language there. My hometown there. has 2,000 people in it. <sighs> right. This is my hometown. Yeah. Part of the fired. Process. Yeah. Basically. Uh, Jason Schreier was reporting a survival game that Blizzard had been working on uh, had been canceled. Odyssey, which had been in development for six years. Uh, but they're still saying it probably would be like 2026 if they like gunned Ramped it. Ramped up. Yeah, if they really like pushed a bunch of people onto that. I mean, it's at what point is like the cost of an acquisition too high? Like it was already a ridiculous acquisition in terms of like the the money cost of it. Yeah. But like the idea that this is just part of corp- like corporations or conglomerates merging, and you know redundant redundant roles having to get scrapped, it's just insane that that is a world where that's it's acceptable. Um, yeah, I, heard, I mean, my heart, my heart breaks for for those people. It's it's been such a awful start to 2024 after yeah. such an awful 2023. It's nonstop. Yeah, on the drive in, I was listening to the radio. They were talking about just tech companies laying people off. Yeah, how insane it is. And they had some like expert on there, and he was just basically like, you know, do they need to do this? And it's like the smaller companies, yeah, they kind of do. But the bigger companies, no, they do not need to do this. They're seeing such good, big profits, and it's just to—it's just for their the Wall Street. It's just for their stocks. That was the thing. Was like the main takeaway. It's like it's just for fucking stocks. Is on when Jason Schreier was on Bloomberg. Yeah. They had the stock ticker on there, and, and it was just, like going up yep, yep. as he was speaking. That's all I, it fucking is, and it makes me sick. I think they said that for the first time ever, their valuation of Microsoft was at like three trillion dollars. Yeah, crazy. Good God. Yeah. So ghouls. Yep. Uh, on top ghouls. of that, uh, riot was the big one earlier. Uh, Five hundred and thirty people. Eleven yeah. percent of their staff. Riot Forge is just done. So they, that was the, basically they were partnering with indies to make all those little games, mm-hmm. but they weren't really being marketed. Like half the time, I didn't know those games were coming out. Yeah, I thought those would be bigger. Yeah, uh, especially after like Arcane, the show crushed it. Right, I was like dude, there's like Riot Universe. And they were saying that kind of similar to what you were saying with the, the tech story. You know, they, mm-hmm. they they grew too fast. They doubled headcount in just a couple of years. Yep, on their end, which seems to be the story among. All yeah. these companies, uh, there was, I think there was a false sense of, you know, the, the game, the interest in games kind of exploded during COVID. Mm-hmm. And based on those kind of short-sighted, you know, gains, I guess, they, they decided to expand at a, at a rate that, you know, they couldn't support. And this is kind of the result. Yeah. Just, it, it seems like n- not great planning. Yeah. It's... Uh I have many friends who work at Riot who thankfully made it through, um, but they were talking about the, you know, I won't say any details that I know, but, like, they were just saying that the atmosphere was pretty intense and, like, this is public knowledge, so I will share this, but, like, that there were rumors a little ahead of time and then they had that memo that was out, like, an hour ahead of time before people started getting, like, calendar invites. Right. 
And it's just like, that's so intense. Like that has got to just like tank morale. I can't even imagine. It's like a game of Russian roulette. It's, yeah, it's so yeah. intense. Like, yeah. oh my God. Uh, and then a couple more uh, Black Forest games uh, with 50 people, about half of their team. They were the makers of uh, Destroy All Human uh, remakes. So that's Embracer. C- Embracer and continuing that, that thread there. Uh, people can fly. Yeah, it's, that's a big one, yeah. Lost 30 people, tr- including 20 from Project Gemini, which is a game they're working on with Square Enix. Uh, they did Outriders, which, yep. you know, they kept repeating a couple of times. Like, they hadn't seen any money yeah, from Outriders. what the hell? All the money basically went to Square. Um, this is a solid and, game. And they had done Bulletstorm back in the day, yeah, too. Of course, Bulletstorm, yeah. yeah. And then they had the VR version and the Duke Nukem remastered edition of it. <laughs> Yeah, Bullet I Star. heard that Bulletstorm VR is not good. No, but, I, I never played the VR one. Yeah, that just came out, and it was, sounded like not a great... Got it. I don't know if it's they were bad, even involved love, in that one. I love Bulletstorm. I love Bulletstorm. <laughs> love um, Bulletstorm. And then uh, Raycon Games, uh, who was behind Ruiner, is cutting 60 Fucking people. loved Ruiner also. God. 80% of their staff. Dude. God almighty. Dude, Ruiner is a sick game. Yeah. That is BS. So Kotaku's tracked now at least 5,900 layoffs just in 2024. We're 25 days into this year. Yeah, 25 days. Woof. Uh, Gamesindustry.biz did a really good article, um, uh, but it's it's chilling. Uh, A CEO said uh, this year we'll see uh, more closures. 236 people a day, by the way. And that we're looking at up to two years of pain. Two years of pain? Yeah. Uh, Interest rates are keeping people from investing. There's too many games greenlit in 2020 and 2021 are basically the bigger factors. Just the ripple effects of COVID are so insane. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not the only factor, but... And interest rates. The radio said that, too. It's, like, yeah. record high Yeah, that's interest. what I'm saying, the interest yeah. rates. Because it's, like, why yeah. invest when we can yeah. get the same return on putting our money in the bank? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, inflation's going down or saying the same, but the interest is insanity. Yeah. I paid less than $4 for gas the other day at Costco for the first time in <laughs> years. I legit called everyone I knew. Like, yo, gas is under 4 at Costco. Get down here right now. <laughs> Nice. It's fucking hype. Gas party. Yeah. Uh, I will say that Games Industry Updated's article did get more optimistic towards the end, but yeah. Like in Zoolander. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gas pe- party. People keep circling back around to the uh, Iwata decision from back in the Wii U days. Um, and uh, and I feel like it's getting a little beat to death because it like keeps br- brought up like every big l- round. Uh, but one point I do want to get into here, and I'll, I'll go over the quote again just to give context. So, quote, uh, if we reduce the number of employees for better short-term financial results, employee morale will decrease. I sincerely doubt employees who fear that they may be laid off will be able to develop software titles that could impress people around the world. And I think that justification for why he did what he did and didn't lay people off is essentially being echoed right now for the whole industry. It's like no mat now. No matter where you are, no matter what company you're with, it like you just feel that pressure. You feel that axe coming down. Yeah. All around you, like if you want to get a job, it's like okay, well, great. There's like twenty thousand people out there also looking for a job. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
good luck. So scary. Graduating for, from college this year, good luck. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. It's rough out there. It is like chilling, Blood Earth. That's the best way to put it. It's chilling. It's it's kind of like, not to get even more bummery, but it's just kind of like the short-term thinking of human of the human animal is so interesting to me because it's mm-hmm. like like climate change, you know? It's just like, let's keep ignoring that. That'll probably work out, you know? And it's like, this is exactly what Iwata said. It's like, this is not long-term thinking. Right. You know? I mean, it, scaling too high, sure. Like, I, I assume that's possible. You know, like, you could overhire, I guess. But, like, I don't know. If you had forward thinking back then, too, you wouldn't have that problem. I What's wild is, like... People are not were, infallible, but... She first talking about the stuff that's on the radio coming in. Like, another yeah. thing that they were talking about is, like, we were talking about uh, labor hoarding. Like, other industries are having the opposite problem of, like, they're holding on to people rather than laying them off because they know that, like, they won't get that expertise back. It's like, okay, well, could we have a little bit of that in video games? (laughs) Seriously. Um, But it's like Isla was saying, it's like, even if you got to keep your job, it's like, well, now all your friends just disappeared. Yeah. And you have to try to pick up the pieces of what they were working on because they were just, you know, it's like, you just... It, like you just get boosted out of slack. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just gone. Bye. Did everyone get your contact info? Who knows? Like it, 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 at least Riot seems to be doing like a good severance package, but that doesn't feel like that much of a silver lining with how long people are going to be looking for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, also this week. Apple has now opened the door for game streaming services like uh, Xbox Cloud Streaming and GeForce Now to be available through a dedicated app. Hmm. No longer have to do a workaround through the browser. Uh, but the app, this is interesting but kind of funny. Uh, the app has to carry the age rating of the highest rated game on the platform. Oh, okay. Mm. So, immature. Yeah. Uh, also, Fortnite is coming back, at least Fortnite. in the EU. Dude, that old snake skin is so good. Oh, my God. All of them are pretty good, honestly. Yeah. The Raiden skin looks really good, too. And Dude. so does the... It, it, I would say it's, like, the best collection of skins I've seen since, like, the Street Fighter ones. Yeah, it is insane. Old Snake is is my boy, and I'm obsessed. And they also, even in the game, they added boxes and mm. uh, cloak. Oh, nice. So you can, like, actually go in a box and, like, sneak around. And you can, like, throw a bunch down to, like, trick people. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Apple's basically had their hand forced for the East EU uh, marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it, it's, the way this is funny, there's not going to be a Fortnite app, I guess. I, I mean, or it's weird. I guess there will be an app, but it's like you'll have to buy it through the Epic Game Store app. Hmm. Oh. So Epic Game Store will have an app because that was the whole thing. Is so it'll like, get more of a cut. Ep- Epic. Yeah, Epic but they're still taking more. a high cut that. Epic is still complaining about so it, it's it's weird. Here we go. But that's only hap- Fortnite is only happening in EU. The cloud streaming stuff is happening worldwide. I also mm-hmm. saw them revitalizing this showdown as well this morning. Blood Earth uh, Fortnite tweeted out mm-hmm. about this, and they were like, "The world's watching Apple." <laughs> it's like here we go, here here we round two, yeah. fight. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> we love our crossovers. Evangelion is coming to Tower of Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. Don't know what that is. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's from uh, Level Infinite. Okay. Kind of similar to Genshin, I guess. Mm, okay. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. 
That would explain why I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a bunch of characters are coming in there. Some of the Eva, Evangelians are coming in there as well. So, Shinji, get in the robot. <laughs> uh, Half Mermaid Makers of Immortality teased two new games on Steam with uh, heavily redacted titles and descriptions. Looks That's too fun. spooky for me. <laughs> uh, Project C is roughly described as next level FMV. Hold on to your seats. So jazzed for that? Yeah, that's Whatever a great that sell. Is. Wow. Yeah. Next After immortality, level. yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that was already the most next level FMV game that's ever been made. <laughs> so what the hell is he talking about? Uh, Project D, reinventing third-person horror yes. again. That can't be a coincidence, That cannot dude. be a coincidence, Tyler. D's Holy coming fuck. back. Dude, is D coming back? Laura. 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 Is this, is this happening? It's happening. <laughs> There's no way. I'm going to ask them about it. Dude! They're also working with Lost in Cult for some, like, bonkers immortality merch. This is Laura! Sorry. Laura! <laughs> the 600-page immortality design work. It's got the entire script. It, uh, they've got behind-the-scenes photos. They've got a oral history of the game's creation. Essays of stuff on the sound design. They've got, like, weird stuff... Thermoreactive ink that responds to the heat of your hands? That's some, like, 1970s James Bond gadget. A hidden French-folded image? Um, French-folded? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, Uniquely interactive reading experience that will bring you... Is that like a Mad Magazine cover where you have to (laughs) fold it to see an image? I don't know. Uh, I bet you're right. The Deluxe Edition also has an archival box signed by Sam Barlow uh, with... uh, uh, film tickets, posters, newspaper clippings, linear scripts annotated by Marissa Marcel. Lots of craziness. Cool. Uh, and then they also have uh, soundtracks available on vinyl, cassette, and CD. Nice. Roll this. Nintendo yeah. posted a quick, weird little trailer for uh, Princess Peach Showtime. Uh, that just It's almost like they just stitched together B-roll. It it's, it's, it's barely qualifies as a trailer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they just go through each of the different um, n- abilities that she's got, the different forms that she takes. So she's got this ninja form, and she's Dude, got a cowgirl so form. Sick. It kind of reminds me of Puppeteer. It really does. Sure. I mean, it makes sense. Moonbear King hype. Let's the go. The stage and the curtains and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, yeah. very much Puppeteer vibes. Love Puppeteer. I would not be surprised if Nintendo hired some Puppeteer people. Dude. But who, we, we don't actually know who's making this game yet. Believe it or not. Wait, what? <laughs> we don't know who's making this game. Say that one, no one idea more time for the people game. in the back. What? We don't know who's making this game. How's that possible? It's it's happened many times. That's Dude, so weird. Just does not tell people who's making games or who's voice acting or anything. That is so like, weird. Like see it in the credits. I'm like, oh, okay. God, games. Calm down, <laughs> video game companies. Seriously, take a breath. Why are you so secretive? Jeez. I feel like I don't have a firm grasp of what this game actually is. Like, I see mini games. I see two D. 2D platforming, <laughs> like, is it just a bunch of like one-off like little bits on the on the stage that you just go? It doesn't through? matter, Mitch. The outfits are all that matter. <laughs> you're, yeah. You know what? You're right. I'm just in. I just want the outfits. Yeah. 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 I am curious, like, whether the outfits are like distinct to a certain stage, or like whether you go through a stage and you pick up a different outfit. Great and, question. I, I don't know. Yeah. We don't even know who's making the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nintendo's Koji Kondo has been selected to be the next inductee in the Hall of Fame at nice. next month's Dice well Awards. Deserved. 
Yeah. Also, I've got my travel booked, so I will be there for that. That'll be fun. Sick. Haven't been to that show in like... Here we go. 17, flex. 18 years. Such a flex. Such a humble brag. <laughs> like, so long ago. Humble brag. You could say I'm an industry I, legend. No, I mean, my, my Huber, like, no joke, oh. my first dice, I, I was in a round I table I love with Miyamoto and Onuma and Dennis Dyack being there, too. The, like, some of the only things I have signed, I got signed at that. You are out of your mind. I love Elevator that. with Yu Suzuki because it just, everybody was <laughs> that there. That type. You know? I was, uh, oh, I, I met the founders of BioWare. <laughs> But I had no idea that they were the founders of Bioware until <laughs> I funny. came home and I looked at the business Wait cards. And I'm like, oh, I was just talking to those guys about video games for a while. Yeah, <laughs> the flex continues. Yeah. <laughs> Dice is crazy, and I just have not been back in a long time. I still don't exactly know what I'm going to be doing there, but talking to people. Probably going into the VIP lounge. Yeah. Very important game journalist. <laughs> totally. <that's> why. Yeah. <laughs> talking to your coworkers at Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, F-099 now has private lobbies and secret tracks. Secret tracks? What does that mean? We don't know. Uh, at least I didn't know last night. Okay. Uh, Andre was jumping in there. But it seems like they're, they're like question mark tracks. Got it. That will pop up sometimes. Okay. They do seem to be on like same environments as existing tracks, but they have new. That was my next question. They made new layouts. Yeah. Oh, okay. New layouts. So. Yeah. Bloodworth, when you read this news, did you smile? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like private lobbies is, is always great to to have, like, be able to Hell play yeah. that with the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's did true. you do a silent little fist pump to yourself? <laughs> no. uh, play this, Huber. Yeah, dude. Arcade Paradise is coming cool. to VR. Uh, with Hidden gem, dude. Arcade Paradise is so <laughs> amazing. They've got brand new VR-enabled cabinets. Oh uh, man, I can clean a toilet in VR. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. 12 fully realized VR arcade cabinets alongside 27 traditionally controlled games brought over from the original version. So cool. Uh, they've got a KO Champ where you're like punching targets. They've got a basketball thing. Uh, Istvan Speaks, you know, like the little fortune teller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Smash Him, which is a whack-a-mole. Mm -hmm. uh, Balloon Jack 3D. Uh, which I think is uh, one of the light gun games, maybe. Nice. Um, and then, uh, plus, future home inter-reality with more details to be revealed yeah. very soon. What a great fit. Perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my... Oh, they got the police simulator! Yeah, dude. <laughs> One of my favorite games to stream of all time was Arcade Paradise. Like, this game is so addicting, surprisingly touching with its story. There's like just, just enough story to tie everything together. Um, some of the arcade cabinets, you know, hit or miss, but mm -hmm. the vast majority of them are really, really fun. Did nice. they ever patch in a like an option to turn off the cockroaches? <laughs> I don't know. I don't because in VR, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Going back to Infinite Wealth for one second, on Dondoko Island, there are cockroaches, but they are blurred out, and it just says, uh, Big C. <laughs> <laughs> Big C, So there you go. Uh, the first public demo for Harold Halibut is available today on Steam. Woo! Getting out there ahead of Steam Next Fest, which is gonna be bonkers in a couple of weeks I, the, my email is blown up Yo, about do you think all the Steam Next Fest stuff do you coming. think bonkers is like a top 20 word <laughs> top 20 Hell word yeah. bonkers I, I think it, I think it's it just misses it it's 21 21, 21. right there, there. there, there you go. Go. you're probably right, right. You're probably right. <laughs> uh, hour and a half 
of the beginning of that game. If you do not remember it, that's the stop motion game where they like literally made all of that game in stop motion. So cool to see that thing getting around the corner. Love that. Uh, and then finally, Skull and Bones open beta. February eighth to eleventh. Open. Be- that's a stream. Open beta, dude. The I cannot. Game is on the sixteenth. Yes. I cannot believe this game is coming. It doesn't out. feel real. It doesn't feel real. I, I, yeah, I still don't believe it until it is like locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because I feel like that open beta could be like, oh nope, sorry, go push it. Yeah. Open beta feedback was bad. Yeah. Push it. Open beta feedback. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to delay the game to There's quarter no three. Way. <laughs> There's no way Ubisoft will ever let that. <laughs> It has to come out eventually. <laughs> so Don truly has no excuse now. He has to play the open beta. It's free. You just click download. Mm. We gonna we gonna saddle up, Don. Don is in the other room. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because like, because how big are the squads in that? Four. I think I it's four. I don't know, but I think four. Okay. But I might just be thinking Sea of Thieves, so I don't yeah. know. Because I need a I need a crew. Because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the tank ship, so my DPS is gonna be lacking. Sure. So I'm just gonna be some big tank. There it is. Yeah. February eighth to eleventh. Get in on that open beta. All right. It's time for love and respect. Love and respect. From Sir Alfred. Hey allies. A uh, couple quick. Yakuza Like a Dragon questions. Sweet. What is your favorite minigame in the series? Uh, mine is a cabaret club management. And what are your thoughts on the Don Quixote stores no longer being in the games? Oh. Don Quixote. I, miss, I was going to say, I missed the song. Yeah, most the song of all. The <laughs> Love that store. Um, Mine's the wrestling one, the professional wrestlers. Oh, yeah? Oh, no, 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 that's a lie. The baseball. Baseball. Just the batting cages? No, the uh, when you had to like put the team together. Mm. I think it was in like six. I don't think I played that. I think it was six. Like they're all blend now, but there's a full on baseball one where you like recruit players for your team. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Uh, mine actually comes from Infinite Wealth. There's a uh, there's a crazy taxi inspired yeah, deli- food delivery Super game. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it surprisingly controls. I would say better than Crazy Taxi. <laughs> um, and it's it's like the first one that I really wanted to get like S ranks on all the the missions. And even then, I'm still playing because there's you know you get points that you can then spend at a shop and you can get some really good stuff there. So. Not only is it really fun, but there's also good rewards. So that's the perfect minigame for me. Sick. From Max Miller. Hey, allies. The recent overwhelming success of Power World uh, has me thinking. If the purpose of releasing something in early access is to receive player feedback and improve things before the main release, should there be a limit on how many people can purchase an early access game? Otherwise, isn't it really just releasing an unfinished product? I think you know what you're signing up for when you buy it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you you the disclaimers all right there. Usually there's some info as well buried deep in there. You hit that read more button and it's like, yo, this is going to be in early access for so long. This is why it's in early access. So I think that if that's you know if there are no lies there, if that's transparent and uh, honest, then I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think there's inherent risk in general with with you know buying into an early access game mm-hmm. um, that isn't really there when you get something that is fully featured and is actually out. Um, 
and you know it, it's also I feel like it's a risk on uh, you know the, the developers you know for for the developer of Power World to have a game become this popular that's like a huge you know a huge boon to them obviously because they get a, a ton of money but now they have to solve all the issues that come with having that many people playing their game right and you saw it on like their roadmap like the big thing that was right at the top of their roadmap was like we have a bunch of critical technical issues that we have to get solved before we even worry about these other things so yeah they got they got a lot of a lot of issues to, to deal with over there so man any 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 thoughts limits uh, yeah, that, I mean, I know, yeah, I'm kind of confused why I'd want to like limit it. The only thing I can think of is like when you have like physical development at a studio, you, you want to limit access because you're worried people will see it. But this is the opposite. You want as many people to play this to get as much feedback as possible. So I guess I, I don't share that sentiment about why you'd ever want to restrict that. Like I don't see a reason why. Yeah, I guess I could see it like a closed beta or something like that, like approaching it in those terms. But mm-hmm. Uh, for like, I, for that, that's but that's yeah. But isn't that more about like controlling information and you your servers? It's usually for servers because you don't have enough like you don't want servers to be overload overloaded too soon because you're not re- like the full servers aren't ready to come online. So yeah, that that's always always generally understood it. So if, yeah, if it's not like one of those cases like you can handle it, then I don't see why you would limit it. And I'm like yeah, I'm with Huber as long as it's like full disclosure what you're. You're telling people you're buying into. I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, yeah. I think what's what's interesting, uh, Mitch, what you're saying about the risk of you know allowing people to jump into something that early access. I've seen so many times. I mean, to some degree, even personally, right, where um, an indie game with an interesting concept comes around and you see it and you're excited and there's like a demo, like Steam Next Fest in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, right? There's a demo. And you check it out, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you kind of got that hit now, and then when it actually comes out, then it's like maybe not as big of a deal, unless like yeah. you were really in that position of like, oh, I can't wait to play more. Like, it doesn't always happen. Like, sometimes it's like, okay, well, I, I got the idea of this, and now I don't need to see it again, or at least like I don't need to see it until it's done. Mm-hmm. I don't need like preview after preview after preview. It's like. Just tell me when it's finished or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's always the the risk on the developer side of you know making a making a demo and you know giving too much away in that first look. You know you got you got to be careful to to balance it and still you know get their attention, but also don't make them satiated. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. Like Go Mecha Ball came out today. I wanted to play so much more of that game, and I'm sad that I cannot play it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the timing on all that stuff makes it such a difference. From Brandon K. Gann. Uh, hello, everyone. Recently, John Romero released Sigil 2, a Doom megawad that's nine levels within the original Doom. Fuck yeah. Dude. Playable on both PC and console, and it has me thinking. Uh, what auteur, if any, would you like to see make and release a new small continuation of a beloved series? Yu Suzuki Shimmer. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, and I think like you don't necessarily have to be like a specific person necessarily, just like yeah. adding levels and not to even existing game. Yeah. Yeah. And spirit of the question too. Not even a Shenmue four, like a Shenmue Gaiden. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Play as Londi, mm. and like have some other you know side story thing. Uh, for me, it would 
definitely definitely be Itagaki with Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I think he's been, you know, he obviously split from Team Ninja a long time ago. Hasn't really had that same level of success. And I think if he was able to come back to Ninja Gaiden uh, and Team Ninja would, you know, have him back, uh, they can make magic together. Sick. That's a hard game. I love that game. (laughs) (laughs) Love that game so much. Any thoughts, Damiani or Isla? Do you have one, Damiani? Not at the moment. You got one to go. I, uh, I, I, I mean, this is kind of weird. It's more like the auteur had a game that I really liked, and I want more of that. But um, I would love to return to the world of the missing. Mm, yeah. Jimmy nice. Field, the Island of Memory. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the one, Damiani might just agree with me on this. The one I was thinking is Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh, that's a good one. Just that get is a, a couple good more one. Colossus, Colossi yeah, in there. Put a couple more in there. Or just yeah, put, considering yeah, put how the many, secret they had, that everyone thought was in well, there. Well, they cut. They definitely cut some, but yeah, maybe they get another crack. But at the same time, I always felt like it is like that's the game they wanted us to yeah. get. You know, there was stuff was cut for a reason. Yeah, it's time for bets. All right, Mitch. This year, everyone is betting individually, but for guests. Uh, since you're not going to be here to rack up points all year long. Uh, there was some collusion up at, at the beginning of this. No, everybody was trying to do stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you have to decide who your bet is going to go to. Currently, Huber has one point. Damiani has one point. Everyone is at zero. Everyone else is at zero. Uh, so, yeah, you have to decide now who is your point going to go to next week if you happen to win. I'm going to keep it fair. Uh the Royal Rumble is this Saturday. Yes. Uh, I want to. I want to hear from everyone. I want to hear a guess of who's going to win the Royal Rumble. Rumble, and whoever is closest to my pick is going to win. Just, just shout out a wrestler name. You know a wrestler, Steve Austin. I don't he, know. It could happen. It could happen. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Uh, I would. I would lose my mind. I but it lose my could mind. happen. Uh, CM Punk. All right. Great or Cody Rhodes. Great guesses. Wait, wait which uh, one are you going rock. with? <laughs> which one do you the think will win? <laughs> yeah. I'm saying The Rock, too. I'm actually saying The Rock. Two, two, pick for the, two picks for The Rock? Yeah. All right. Isla gets it. It's uh, I think I think it's going to be CM Punk. Yay! My first guess! <laughs> oh, that was some feverish Googling. <laughs> <laughs> Name a wrestler. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, Royal Rumble 2024, wrestlers! Ah! <laughs> All right, uh, we CM talked Punk about Cody final two, probably. Yeah, they should be one and two, and then be twenty nine. That'd be sick. All right, for this week's bet, we talked about Power World's explosive launch uh, last night at seven o'clock. I checked the Twitch rankings; it was third place on Twitch, behind Just Chatting and GTA Five, uh, boasting GTA Five, boasting one hundred and seventy nine thousand viewers. <laughs> so, I'm asking, where will it be next week? Right before we shoot the podcast, I'll be sitting at this desk and I'll look it up. Where, where's it going to be? Uh, Mitch, you go first. I said three. I don't think it's going up, but I don't think it's going down. Three. Stealthy Centipede, Huber. Five. Five. Damiani, Pompous Cocker Spaniel. I also said five. Also five. Wet Hummingbird, Isla. Six. Dawn, the fashionable manatee. Dawn, what are we doing here? Four. Fourth. Fourth. 
Optimistic rat, Gabby. I think eight. I think Nintendo is shutting it down. Eight. <laughs> eight. Yeah. Shutting it down. That is, that is definitely an opinion that I would I would think a optimistic rat rat would have. <laughs> uh, and I'm the only one that went up two, two. for the effervescent. No, no ties. Sneaky no, no one got the, guessed the same thing. No, Huber and Damiani both. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yep. Sneaky number two. It's only gonna get bigger. All right. Last week's bet. Uh, last week we put our bets on Tekken. I told everyone I would run a CPU v CPU match between Kuma and Panda on ultra hard <laughs> difficulty, on a random stage, and I asked who would win and how long the match would take. Roll that bets clip there. Oh, that's so good. Uh, Stealthy Centipede Huber bet 91 seconds, which is 1 minute 31 seconds. Damiani bet 52 seconds for Kuma. Uh, Isla bet 1 minute and 12 seconds for Kuma. Don bet 65 seconds for Panda. Only Panda bet 1 minute and 5 seconds. Uh, Gabby bet Kuma 4 minutes and 9 seconds. Uh, and then I bet Kuma... Two minutes and 45 seconds. Just a round or a whole match? It was a whole match, so oh. for a full three rounds. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who picked less than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the CPU actually kind of did us a little dirty on this almost. What? Even though both characters are set to the same difficulty, Kuma just steamrolled Panda. Really? Hell yeah. Yeah. because it's freaking Kuma, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, won three rounds back to back, pretty quickly as well. Uh, so it went to Kuma. The final time was one minute and fifty-two seconds. Wow! Which means Huber yes. won that bet. Well done, well done. Bringing the scores to Stealthy Centipede two. <laughs> well, I can barely hear it. It's so stealthy. Pompous Cocker Spaniel won. I wouldn't say that first round was a steamroll. Kuma <laughs> <laughs> had a, only a little bit of help. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll be able to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, Patreon is uh, how we are funded, how we are supported. Uh, you have a couple of other options out there, but the main way... Uh, that you can get in there is on Patreon. It's the most effective way to support us. Uh, and we have a lot of different tiers. Uh, at the uh, $5 level, uh, you get this podcast a couple of days early. You get it ad-free. You get those bonus Love and Respect questions. You get to submit to Love and Respect, uh, including suggestions uh, for questions and games and the wrong question. Uh, you get in our Discord uh, where you can vote on top 10. So we're going to have that top 10 eating and drinking establishments yes. featured on here next week. Yes, dude. Dude, I'm looking forward to that. I'm mm. looking forward to something from The Witcher 3. <laughs> yeah. Specifically blood and wine. Yeah. How high will <laughs> camp from Final Fantasy 15 be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, $10, you get to join our contributor tier. We're going to be doing our community showcase next Tuesday after the group stream. Uh, then we got our producer tiers uh, at $25 and up. You get fan mail if you're at $50. You get golden voice from Brandon Jones if you're at $100. And then our platinum producers get shout-outs on this podcast each and every week. And this month's shout-outs go to Javawebs, Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Jesse Blue, and Raymond Wheeler III. Shout-out. 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 <laughs>
Nice. Uh, this Tuesday we had our Game of the Year deliberations, so go check that out. Uh, we did, did a little thing, things a little bit differently. Uh, instead of like debating out every single category, we basically just like gushed about a bunch of games before we got to our Game of the Year, and then Game of the Year was was brutal. So many good games. Oh yeah. Trying to find the number one mm-hmm. uh, was was not easy. <laughs> we went back and forth a lot. I'm glad we settled on the GTA 6 trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. yeah, it was a good pick. Uh, so be sure to watch that video if you want to hear us talk out. If you do not have six hours to spare, however, we are still doing uh, that uh, produced hype fest for everything that happened in 2023. So we're going to be Writing that and producing that, and that'll go up early next week. Meanwhile, Mitch, uh, yeah, where can people uh, find out more about what you're doing and and, and all that? What do you want to? You talked about the Dragon's Dog preview going up. Yeah, uh, you can find me uh, at, at Jurassic Rabbit on Twitter. Um, I, I always tweet about whatever I'm working on. Uh, the that said work is going to be on IGN.com. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitch, uh, I stream typically every Friday with my buddy. We're currently going through Alan Wake 2. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's heating up. Nice. Huber. Yo. Since you won that bet, you get to shout out anything or anyone that's on your mind. Doesn't have to be an underdog. We'll get rid of the underdog thing. Uh, you get the final word, and you get to sign off with the trademark sign off. Shout out to Reacher, dude. That show is sick. Do not sleep on it. Season two just ended. It is fantastic. It's on Amazon Prime. Really, really good show. I You'll probably binge it because it's just so damn good. Nice. Yeah. What else? Uh, final word and uh, close. How long has this been going on? <laughs> he changed it. He changed it. That's the only thing I changed. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, these, okay. Are, these are the same. <laughs> uh, final word is, dude, Infinite Wealth is freaking amazing. And uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Dun dun dun. <laughs> the Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Jabawabs, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Jesse Blue, Raymond Wheeler the Third, Bradley Spees, Forever Ender, Jay She. Jesper Popmel Dufay, Rob Bob Will, Roy Sung, 44 Stars, Alexander Zirianov, Andre, Aurelian Grenier, Beaten Down Brian, Brandon White, Brian Kruger, Colton Piccione, Daniel Martinek, DBA, Dimitri Zidis, Douglas Chomich, Faraz Rizvi, Garrett Holfish, G. Levin, Hayden Hargraves, Happy Gaming, Jesse Blue, Jesus R., Kroldemort, Matthew Pauling, Miguel, Miguel Rivas, Mo Grant, Paul Sway, Pete Shoemaker, Ronka Q, Ritz 1906, Robert Stoffel, Sage Mode Q, Sam Hendrick, Sigma, S Snake 24, Stomps, Stepan Hakobian, Steps, The Banana Forklift Killer, This Is My Username 1466, Chum Nguyen, Zigazich, Anish Door, Aaron Haney, Accounts Payable, Adam Henry, Alex Monaco, Alexander Sheck, Anna Croth, Anthony F., Anthony Galvin, Anthrioni, Antonio Coyne, Arthur Lau, Ostiel, 
Barry Tomasini, Benjamin Miller, Bob Starling, Brian Foster, Bryce Hornsby, Bunny Chen, C.S. Lewis, Katie Garza, Carlos Delgato, Cassandra McKee, Chief Uhu, Chris Eccles, Christopher Santis, Clay Roberts, Colin Montot, Connell Sumlin, Corey Jackson, Corey Landega, Crumb Eyes, Culinary Stud, Cyberboa, Dan Sebring, Daniel Kozlowski, Daniel Wong, David Aniki, Edison S. Prada Jr., Enya Hank, Eric Crone, Eric Tobias, Eric, Espen Gotchman, Ethereal Ether, Felipe Barbosa, Fishflop, Forest, Project, Gabriel Aberg, Gabriel Smith, Jen Woofels, Gino Elite, Gustav Strombaum, Hadi Ali, Harrison Holt McHale, Hitman 47, I Sun Chor, Ian Anderson, Isaiah Matthews, Ivan Swade, Jack Forrest, Jan Nicholas Frogshirt Tilk, Gerald, Jesse Fish, Jesse Wilkison, John McCullough, Junior Motamura, Carl Williams, Keegan Boyle, Kevin Gillet, Laith, Leon Keyes, Linson Wu, Lister, Luis Ibarra, Lying Crown 19, Marco Hernandez, Materia Addict, Matthias Clare, Max Miller, Mazrim Tame, Megadet, Mr. Anarchy, Nefertiti Jenkins, Nycrypt, Nick Hill Sharma, Ninja Kitty Meow, Ono Turtle, Orukachino, Pablo Rodriguez, Patrick Held, Pixelated, Pojo TMC, RF Switch, Ray Aldiar, Raylon, Reed Johnson, Richard Ma, Robert Seven Lee, Robin, Ryan Rutger, Salvers, Samuel Copeland, SD Prima, Sebastian Trier, Servino, Sean Johnstone, Sito, Sneaky Gato, Splontot, Stone Soup VT, Strikeout NZ, Saltab, Taffy 9K, T-Beaks 15, Tim Strothman, Toad Shadow, Tomovi Keone, Travis Ng, Trizak, V8 Dave, Wouter DeHaze, WTF Master Mike, Yami Zetsumi, Zach Wojnar.